Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Again. Again, 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 right? It never ends. Never over. It's like Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. Over and oh, you over. I think, uh, what is this, fourth, fifth? Who knows? I'm losing count here. It's been a busy week. SummerSlam week. The week of August always busy for wrestling podcasters in general. Tonight is going to be a great show, though. I'm going to just call it. I'm doing the Babe Ruth. Putting my finger in the air and I'm calling it. We get to talk about fun stuff, and I guess I'm always really excited after a week in a pay-per-view because this is the first show where we're not relegated to just talking about, like, one thing. Not that we've been following that rule at all this week. But, you know. That ain't the fucking truth. So, we have big stuff coming up, obviously. You guys know that uh, there have been some returns and some interesting occurrences. We're going to ease you into it. And of course, thank you to everyone who's been with us this entire week. And also thank you to everyone who's hung out and been positive. I know it's a difficult time to be a positive fan. Um, but, you know, I like our community, man. Like, they don't, like no one was trolling. You know, no one was, 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 like, you know, taking a crap on any of the products, north, east, or south. Um, yeah, everybody's kind of positive. And I kind of feel that's a really good way to be, you know, like, just enjoy it, you know, enjoy it all. Yeah. Nobody has a win or lose. As long as everybody's good, it's fantastic. Yeah, like we joke and we were critical, obviously, because this is that's what the show is. You know, it's an opinion show. But I'm just saying, like, I didn't see anybody that's trying to like just piss on anyone's cereal, you know. Right. So I kind of appreciate that. I am sorry, not gonna lie. Oh, do you understand? Like, I between Raw going off and now, I had to take like a ten minute like cat nap, like. Yeah, really oh. well. I'm not quite there yet. I won't be there until tomorrow night. Like, I probably won't even sleep after this. <laughs> you know, but I know I'm a little bit late here. All I could really say about that is uh, if you want the full talk brunch experience that people are familiar with, sometimes I kind of have to be. I have to choose between being on here earlier than this or getting all of the things that I want for the show. And uh, sometimes it's not possible with a given time. That being said, let's have some fun before we go into like the deep stuff or the wild stuff. The Rock surprised a group of tourists, apparently, is what happens here. Yes. I mean, as opposed to him not surprising tourists, right? Like, who's ever, surpri- right. who's ever not surprised to see The Rock? Who turned around ever- and go, oh, hey, Dwayne. Has anybody ever been like, oh, there's The Rock. Hey, Rock. What the fuck? What's that, Rock? No one does that shit. Top of the morning, right, Rock. This is kind of funny. There's a tour bus here. It always tours through my neighborhood. Hey, you guys know where I can find the Rock? <laughs> <laughs> How you guys doing? Uh, I'll wait. I'll wait. Don't worry. <laughs> How you guys doing? You, everybody good? All right. Hey, you're very welcome. All right, brother. Oh, cool. Well, you guys have a good trip. All right. Thank you. Love you too. <laughs> hey. Oh, well, that was fun. It's a good way to start off my Saturday. Bye. <laughs> That's cool. Go. That's awesome. Love the rock. Rock's good people, man. 
But yeah, I know that has nothing to do with any news or anything. I just thought it was nice to share. But again, guys, it's like a, you know, as you guys know, after the pay per view weekend, the Monday show is always our chill out show. Where we have a little bit more fun. We're still gonna go into the news, obviously, punk and all that. But it's our chill out show. And I do want to thank you guys for hanging in there, you know, and just being fans because that's really I think what makes the shows the shows for me is uh i guess the chat room hanging out in the chat room and joking about things going on to each other's calls and watching the matches together um you know all of that stuff is stuff we did like seb and i were on call stasis was on call with us uh you know we had like just different rotations of things we were all hanging out in the chat room messaging about it and gilded gilded was really popping off this entire last week like that's literally um i think where every all the action's been but uh, yeah, I, ju- I just like the joking and just the fun of everything. And like, like I said, keeping it positive. Because yeah, obviously things suck. But I mean, if we were going to literally analyze anything, we could say that we could say that about Marvel, about Disney, about games, about sports, about boxing. You know, like if you were going to analyze anything to the extent that we do, then you're going to pick apart the bad parts, obviously. But it's cool that the community overall remains positive and isn't, isn't a dick about wrestling. I guess would be yeah, the best. It, it, we, you know. we don't hate it because it's a cool thing. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I'm like like I'm not like some of you marks out there. I I I have an issue with WWE for a completely different reason, not because they exist. Now I'm gonna have like WWE hate or heat and shit. Dude, so much started happening this week in wrestling with uh, I guess starting Friday that my phone everything was blowing up it got to the point that i literally just turned off my dms like aside from like a direct pipeline to like you because obviously you're my co-host and uh probably about it like i had to like literally shut off dms to be able to get this done and you've seen how late we've been coming on even even with me giving my full attention as much as i can grinding this out like how uh, late we've been coming on how late we get out of here like y'all understand like this is some shit right yeah yeah definitely and uh yeah it's been it's been rough yeah yes it's definitely been rough in that aspect but isn't that like kind of like the gimmick at this point with us with SummerSlam weekend we talked about it last night anybody who's been here a hot minute y'all remember when this motherfucker threw a whole chat room together with two SummerSlam chairs walking down the stairs after fucking Randy Orton got opened up this weekend typically is some shit you know I keep forgetting and you keep reminding me to talk about that (laughs) <laughs> which I guess it's I'll be good. damned if I let you forget this one. I swear. If if Destin didn't bring this up again, which is the show that this belongs on, this would have literally not made it. There's no way it would have made it here because today I have a tight program. <laughs> like this wouldn't have happened. But you did remind me. So yeah, you guys know long term listeners. What was it? How many years ago was it? Someone in the chat would have to tell me three, four, five. Who knows? Oh, God. But years ago when we were part of a. A bigger, I guess at the time you would call them podcast networks. I think that whole faction style of podcasting, unless it's something like with WWE's partnership that they're doing podcasts with his money involved, that whole podcast uh, network type shit is sort of debunked and archaic now. But, uh, you know, several years ago it wasn't. When we were part of a podcast network years ago, uh, we didn't have our own live chat room. And it's not because we couldn't acquire it, it's simply because, uh, I didn't have ambitions for talk brunch. And it's weird to say that, I know, but it was just more like, all right, whatever. We have this thing that me and this other guy are going to do. We're going to tape it. We're going to upload it. The end. And I kind of got, at the time, the numbers, and I'm not even taking credit for our style because we were, I think we were trash then. Like, I think we're only just now coming into getting this professional. But at the time, the numbers were really, like, absurdly high. And that's because there were a lot less podcasters. And there was a lot, we were in a big period. Like Sting had just come back to WWE. People didn't realize it was going to suck. You know, uh, CM Punk had actually just left 
as uh, one of my first episodes was talking about CM Punk leaving, I never got to call or talk about the spots of a CM Punk match ever since I've been a podcaster because I caught the tail end of him leaving. I was there for the departure. Never really got to discuss any of that. That being said, uh, so SummerSlam, we, uh, we were in another chat room. Some, another group urged us. They, I guess they at the time they saw... I'll fast forward. So we were part of another group because I don't want to do that whole damn flashback thing. And there was a difference of philosophies and um, I, I'm completely fine with that. But but the one thing my guys didn't agree with was they waited until like SummerSlam weekend or at least uh, the, the head person waited until SummerSlam weekend, literally, where we were scheduled to do a show. And uh, literally, as we're getting ready, because we were going to take over, we were going to SummerSlam, they, they sort of announced we heard it the way you guys did. They gave us the release wwe style like we heard on social media like everybody else the talk brunch wasn't going to be aired in this specific location anymore which much like but to a much tinier minuscule extent caused that rift that i'm sure all you new timers are familiar with that happens with councils and wrestling companies who's going to go where who's going to be here hey did you hear that this person's going so to be honest with you for a while there i kind of feel like that that benefited us even more because this chat room and the other chat room were just a buzz with who's jumping over there, who's defecting here type stories going on in podcasting of all ridiculous things. But I digress. SummerSlam weekend, I am literally trying to get my chat room set up for the first time on my own and, and notify the part of the community that I'm personally close with that this is going to happen. We're going to move to our own chat room. Fuck these guys. We're going to do our own thing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, literally, we're, 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 we're like walking in the city to SummerSlam or in Brooklyn I believe was the Barclays Center and when I'm in text I'm explaining to people I believe I was texting Destin and uh, another co-host at the time and we're trying to figure out what it is that we were going to do and how we were going to do it and uh, yeah it was it was really interesting because I was still on the way out from SummerSlam doing this we were carrying SummerSlam chairs underneath our, our arms yeah carry on um, the year this was years uh, split or like a fucking peach this was talk bunch years and years ago. This was talk bunch like three or four years ago. So we're literally carrying because we got the complimentary SummerSlam chairs. I have I have a um I have an NBC friend, so we were able to pretty much get the chairs, get the nice seats, get everything. So I'm but still on the way out, I'm I'm still trying to get this chat room, the new talk bunch chat room that's going to be just us, not shared with other podcasts or other things like that together. And that's what Dustin's been alluding to this entire weekend. This happened SummerSlam weekend several years ago. And uh, here we are still. This isn't exactly the same chat room because we moved a couple of times more because of uh, chat room functionality. But this is the same chat room in spirit in the sense that these are the people that we've transitioned through and brought from that day. And it happened SummerSlam weekend. So that's a cool milestone to be able to talk about every now and then. Yeah. You know, definitely uh, a much appreciated milestone. Did I, uh, did I ever put out the video? I must have the video of when I was at SummerSlam, right? I like with the chairs, I, I I feel like you did. I just always I just always remember that just because I remember you telling me the story when you got to the top of the stairs before you got on the train, you just go glorious and fucking everybody. <laughs> Am I? I have the video here. Does it let me run it on the? Uh, give me a minute here. See now we're doing shit live and I'm holding back the already bloated <laughs> show. See how we fuck up? It's just because I forgot how to pull videos from Facebook into the Tron. Like I don't want to go to Facebook. I know that's shady, but yeah, I don't like to go there. I just want to pull the video here. No, I'm not going to show you how to do that. If anybody's going to, before I start getting the DMs. Yeah, let me just grab this uh, video. I'll pull it into our system. 
it's my own video anyway you know it's like i'm grabbing it from my actual personal facebook but this was us coming out that day let's see that's it guys okay hold on don't worry that's still me downloading it calm down everyone it's okay we promise all right i got it now still the rock smiling on the screen how funny is that <laughs> he's excited about this milestone too <laughs> i just forgot i wasn't looking at the tron that's Wow, that is low quality old video, but hey guys, SummerSlam weekend was great. I might even do a post show when I get home, depending on how late it is. If not tomorrow, I'll see you guys in the chat for the regular talk brunch. Uh, but it was really cool, and I'm also going to be bringing this home with me. That's right. This is my new seat, my new SummerSlam seat that you guys are going to see me. Well, you're not going to see me, but this is know that when I do the show, I'll be sitting here. And I will see you guys shortly. Still never slat, sat in it. It's, it's in that, it's in, <laughs> where is that chair now? It's right within. It's right within the closet, and it's in that same condition. Never sat in it. False advertising. And that's one of two chairs we both had a chair. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, oh, I'm gonna sit in it. That's just cheap plug to get people to listen afterwards. But yeah, that this was. <laughs> I'm coming back from SummerSlam at the Barclays Center. Which stasis and uh, in the meantime the talk brunch brand as you guys know was completely shifting away and becoming its own thing to the dismay of others i guess my like, yeah man that brings me back tried to kill us but we're still here yeah people try to kill talk brunch that, I, I, it's funny you put it that way but that's the truth they tried to kill this community during um during SummerSlam weekend which is a shady ass move and that's for- uh-huh, go ahead I was gonna say, and on top of that, just for petty shit. That's what's so funny about it, like, because somebody in their ranks got out of line, and then they're just like, "Now nah, we're just gonna boot the whole thing." How'd that turn out? Nah, it didn't. Back when I was calling in on a fucking phone and a Bluetooth headset from rooftops and shit, I think we came up. <laughs> you really still take that shit to heart? <laughs> I <Yes>. love it. <laughs> yeah, but it's no, long gone. Honestly, I'm too. I'm too emotionally disconnected from the situation to have the same fire about. I don't care one way or another. I barely recognize or remember the people or the names. But it's the milestone that's to me is important of the fact that we sort of became our own independent thing. And everything happens for a reason. I don't hold any ill feelings because I learned certain things about how to do things live that I didn't know. I was green as hell when I was there anyway. It's not like I started there being able to do stuff properly. So I did pick up certain things from there. And uh, honestly, it took who knows if that step wouldn't have led to us having a freaking chat room. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Would I have ever made my own live chat room or gone live or gone on at 1130? I not You guys remember, I didn't choose the time slot we're on or nothing. So it's like it's one of those things where, uh, you know, it happened and it's kind of I'm kind of grateful for it. So that's cool. You know, but yeah, yeah work out. We've become a little bit more of a tighter community. And yeah, there was more chaos. I'm not going to lie. There are years that the that the community had more chaos to it and there were people in and out of the chat room and people calling in from other shows and all this i actually prefer what we're doing now and i'm not saying that there's never going to be moments or things like that happening again and callers and all that but i think that the tighter ship and the better program works better for me and i think it was born that that uh that day i kind of feel like that was a different it was a reboot in a sense you know because we started yeah one of tna reboots we started doing everything differently and that's kind of what we've carried over so today and, and by the way the chat room at the time didn't have video we weren't on twitch well we were on twitch but we were using it only for the game streams and it was very rare like every couple of months uh it was an audio we were on mix lr not to be confused with mix er mixer was mix lr yeah. and then we transferred over to mixer which fell apart and mixer happened and now 
here we are. <laughs> yeah, Mixer, Microsoft abandoned Mixer, which at the time Twitch sort of became our backup by that point anyway. But we had started simulcasting like we're doing now anyway. By the time uh, we, we stopped relegating ourselves, I guess, within the last year and a half. So sort of we're not really chat room specific anymore, you know, which is kind of cool. I always tell people, don't don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's the mistake a lot of Mixer people did. Shout out to my Mixer brothers and sisters out there. Sorry for your loss. But that is a mistake that they made. They literally, you know, they went all in with Mixer, with Microsoft, and left Amazon slash Twitch, which I did too for a while, Dustin. And I said, oh, you know what? This is this has no latency, so people hear us as we're speaking. That was the draw, really. But uh, unfortunately, a lot of people, that sort of left them to twist in the wind. There are still people, that community... Uh, was was special there's still people and uh things that you go through as far as losing people when you jump from something like that back to where we are now you know which i consider us more facebook as much as i know our live chat rooms and more with with, uh twitch i consider us way more of a facebook um and spotify podcast at this point based on numbers than i would on twitch (laughs) twitch is just a good platform to uh to have the live chat i guess but yeah easy place to get to I'm I'm not mad in, in any way about any of that stuff anymore. Oh yeah, same. Truth be told, a lot. Truth be told, if y'all ever hear me just like shoot off like that, nine times out of ten it's just for the pop. Like I could give a fuck anymore. Like <laughs> yeah, like I don't. We don't catch feelings just, like that. It's man. just funny to bring up the fact that I used to call it from a Bluetooth headset on a phone with the shittiest connection you could imagine. <laughs> yeah, Dustin, Dustin was trying, man, back in the day. Like, every week i think it'll be better this week no you fucking not <laughs> yeah. i believe don't yeah and it, it worked out good you yeah. know like it worked out really good in the end so yeah i'm happy and yeah i can't all, believe all, to I'm, think, all i'm saying mm-hmm. is all i'm missing is a lucha underground segment no fuck with you know and I, yeah and it's hard <laughs> to believe like look at it now we get to chill and watch stuff on the screen bring it up on the screen right. you know i like that okay anyway we should play Mucha Lucha. How do you play Mucha Lucha? You hit the drop. You mean, you mean watch it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I always keep that button near me. Oh, Dustin knows. God. That was great. That was, I tell you, that, that was a Lucha Underground drop. Oh, good God. So. Oh man, that was a little fun. I actually recently finished the whole thing the other day. Oh my god, I forgot how fucking crazy it got near the end. <laughs> I'm gonna run Mucha Lucha clips on here eventually. Oh god, that's gonna be fucking great. Are you kidding me? Oh shit. Team Flea, damn it. Team Flea. Oh boy. They made a Lucha the Pokemon? Did they really? Fucking kidding me. Wow. Well, I mean, hey, they got trash cans and chandeliers at this point, so I mean, all, all bets are off. Well,. Like in any big pay-per-view weekend and like in any SummerSlam, there are casualties in war. There are people who leave, people who get banished, and all that other stuff. And unfortunately, I have to do this correctly, there is one person who's pretty much gone. And his name is John Cena! That's it, folks. John Cena lost to Roman Reigns, and, and he's goodbye gone. and good night, bang. This reminds me of the last era of The Rock, right? Where Rock will pop up. The Rock will never leave again. The Rock will never ever leave. What is with that that night, Bob, being an asshole? I brought it in here and never configured it, and the damn thing has. I guess it must have a set thing that that doesn't. We need people to be able to post links. 
Yeah, you gotta fix him. Stop that shit, Nightbot. What the hell? How do I turn off Nightbot, right? <laughs> and there's one bot that's about to get canceled. His name is Nightbot. <laughs> <laughs> shit. I don't even know how to get. I don't even know where Nightbot's from. <laughs> like, I don't remember where, where that thing is. Hold on a minute. I'll try to get this. I found him. How do I turn his ass off? I have to actually log into this motherfucker to uh I just realized off. fucking Nightbot straight quoted Pac just now. Did he really? When fucking Pac came back, that's exactly what he said. He said, What did you think I was gone forever? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> wow. That I can't be a is that fucking Nightbot just <laughs> quoted Pac. What kind All right, of I, I kicked him out. I don't know if it worked, but I, I kicked him out for now. I know how to make him leave and uh and come back. It kind of sucks because now that I look at him, he's keeping track of all kinds of shit though. Like he keeps track, like the top chatter is stasis, of course. Like I can see people's stats. That's nice. We gotta fix him. There we go. There we go. <sighs> I'll pop him back in. I could press a button and make him come back. I got him on the fucking. I got him out of the time in live time. He's not dead. He's just gone. <laughs> like John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> And it came full circle. That's how you segue. But yeah, the whole John Cena situation is an interesting one just because it reminds me of The Rock in the last days. He would say he would never, ever leave again. And then he'd leave. The next fucking night. He would leave. Be careful. There's still another bot in there that I don't have. There's still two more bots around. I think one caught cool or the other day. I have to start getting them out of the room. I'm just testing to see which ones I like the best. No, there's another one. Trust me. The Stream Elements is a bot. You may not see. You may not say it. That's because he came in, he was like 45 letters all in capitals. So as long as you don't do that, Cabby, I think you're right. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I'll fix them to do specifically the specific things I want them to do and not do. So, yeah, Cena's is doing the rock thing where he, he left and he's gone. And that's the last that we're going to see of him for, I guess, a bit. We're hearing that he's scheduled for the September 10th Friday night Smackdown taping at Madison Square Garden in a couple of weeks. And then after that, that's it. He tweeted... Words cannot describe how appreciative I am that the WWE Universe allowed me the opportunity to return and perform. Thank you, staff, superstars, and most of all, fans, for giving me an unforgettable summer at quote-unquote home with my quote-unquote family. The journey takes me away now, but I'll see you soon. But for now, you can't see him. That being said, it looks like on the program here we have John Cena who made an appearance on Good Morning America, and he spoke a little bit about his departure from WWE. It really felt like old times having him around, though, didn't it? It did. Yeah, let me see what we got here. Hold on before I bring it up. Yeah, I don't want this. See, I know they have some shit on here that I don't want to hear. <laughs> Tell them what you said earlier today. You saw, you said, we never know what this guy's going to show up wearing. I don't want to wear something bright, festive. We're uh, promoting Vacation Friends on, yes. on Hulu this Friday. So Perfect. I want to make We're going to talk about Vacation Friends. First, got to talk about SummerSlam. Yeah. Did not get the 17th WWE Championship. Oh, man. You know, I finished second place. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, in WWE, you don't get a silver medal, but I'll, I'll take second place. That's fine. Do, do you ever retire? Are you ever allowed to retire? You've been a part of this for 20 years now. Are you going to come back and go for that championship? Or this is going to be part of your life for uh, the rest of your life? You know, I think, uh, and I've made this comment before, I think I will try to do the best I can until I feel as if I'm offending the consumer. Okay? <laughs> and, I, you know, a lot of times you want to kind of hold on to that lightning bolt. There is, there is nothing like the energy of being in that ring uh-huh. with the audience around you. There's nothing like it. I've, I've had the fortunate opportunity to do a whole lot of stuff. 
That energy is indescribable. Yeah. That place is my home. I, I wouldn't wow. I wouldn't be who I am without it. The, the audience is my family. So I love the environment, but I also want to be kind to them. And I don't want to do it selfishly just to do it. Mm. Uh, I, I still feel good, even though I finished second. I still feel pretty good <laughs> after, after <laughs> last night. So I still feel as if I have something to contribute, and time will tell. Yeah, so gone for the time being. Till we meet again. I have no idea what great background he's talking about. But uh, yeah, John Cena. You just got back and now you're gone? The fuck? You're like Will's dad on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like, what are you doing, man? Why he don't love me no more, man? <laughs> you fucking beat me to it. I was waiting for the right time. <laughs> that was a moment, man. And Uncle Phil just embraced him like his son. They don't make TV like that anymore. Is there even a good, is there a good Uncle Phil somewhere out there? Who's like nowadays? Because in sitcom, that was a big deal to have like an Uncle Phil. Who's right. a modern day Uncle Phil? Like I really, me too, Kevin. I miss the shit out of Uncle Phil, man. Every time I can't remember what it was. Did you see um when they all got back together and then they watched clips and then the Jamie yeah, yeah. Avery stuff came out? Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah, was I my did. favorite part of the whole thing because it was like, oh, I miss Phil. <laughs> Yesterday was fun too. Remember we played clips of Grandma Ma playing basketball with Steve Urkel and Family Matters. <laughs> They're like, this is supposed to be a pay-per-view show. What the? <laughs> I had a co-worker give me a ride home, and we listened to it and got to that part of the audio. It was so fucking fun. These Converse, my grandmama could be, you know, hey, yo, grandmama. <laughs> I forgot the fact that Urkel was, was a part of that. Man. Good times. But yeah, Cena's leaving, which once again makes things a bit dull and this is the scary part about wwe where we're gonna we're gonna go into AEW later on because they have the biggest week of their lives but it's just like wwe it's like they have this this 365 days a year but the big guys the things that are really the draws aren't always there like it's kind of like now summer slams over it's almost like a holiday you know now we'll go back to watching drew mcintyre fight in front of gender and you know go back to shiza you know what I mean? Like, now we'll go back to just squash matches and, well, why did they do that? Or what the hell was that? What happened? What did they do to Nikki Cross now? You know, it just kind of feels like Christmas is always over with WWE, you know? Well, I'm not going to count them out yet. I knew you didn't expect me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so far, at this point, I fucking do. <laughs> because of how many times I've kept faith? Right. Just let it die. Just let the... <laughs> Don't do like... Plan- you let, let the flame die out. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know he has his own. We played the didn't we play the video or have a clip or some here of Delio White with Snoop was, or something? I feel yeah, like that we was, did. was a while ago. But yeah, 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 he's got his own shit. Yeah. So Cena's next movie, apparently, is let's look at the program here. This is called Foursome. For real? <laughs> oh, it's called Vacation Friends. Uh-huh. The clip is called Foursome. Oh boy. Oh boy. Why is the clip called Foursome? <laughs> you know why. <laughs> Am I allowed to? I hope. Well, I have the button near me in case this goes wrong. I'm about to say, you better screen that shit. <laughs> I always have a thing, a trigger ready just in case. But. Good to have you back. That sunstroke is no joke. So, people, stay hydrated with water. The marshals are very strict when it comes to alcohol, wagering, and profanity. Now, we're on a championship course here. So, we are going to be keeping this club pristine. So, Gabe, uh, you and Bennett play with Marcus and Ron today. Where's Ron anyway? Catch six, Captain. Ah, Lieutenant, good to see you. Hope you're comfortable in a foursome. Oh, well, there's at least one girl involved. Oh no! <laughs> 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 Why? 
what just happened? Wow. Is that that whole thing was to set up that joke? <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> anyway, good to see you. Hope you're comfortable in a foursome. Oh, there's at least one girl involved. Oh, I love how he gave the point too. Like you, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll watch it. Like, like you know, right? Like I'm sold. Fuck it. I'll get to that part and then just walk out of the fucking theater. Like, all right, see what I need to see. What the hell's going on, man? Ah, boy. Okay, so, couple of things. Update on WWE being sold. What's up in Facebook, Quest? Yeah, Quest said you never retire in WWE. Taker's still on standby. <laughs> it really is. They need to leave him alone. All right, just What's let the that point? man just relax. What was the point? What was the point of NXT being a place to develop talent if years later, and we keep beating this for years, if years later you still need like a 50 or 60 year old man to come back and be the greatest thing? You know what I mean? To me, that means your shit isn't working. Like if no matter how good the processor that comes out on a PC is, I still can run shit better on my 486 and someone's not doing something right with processors. I shouldn't even have a 486. Most of you probably aren't even old enough to know what the fuck that meant. But the point being, I don't see how NXT is designed to bring in new talent. And in the future generation, shouldn't there by now, based on time, been someone that's their undertaker of this generation? See, the problem is, is not that it's not working. It's just that they don't know how to fucking let go. But if they did let go, let's just say they were like, fine, we'll focus on the the, the stars of today. I guess Bray Wyatt would have been the, the, the yeah, closest. Bray, would have been, had. Bray easily could have been their taker. And that's the problem with firing people. You don't have them anymore when they're gone. Because they Undertaker, rid of their, they probably gotten rid of their Cena, Rock, Taker, Foley, Austin. They probably got rid of every last one of them. Yeah, like I'm they a big Undertaker fan. Them over to everybody yeah. else. I love Undertaker, but I kind of feel once again, and we keep talking about this. 2021 seems like it's the globe of nostalgia. If I'm watching an anime, it's nostalgia. It's like. An animator wasn't an anime of an anime. I'm watching a cartoon, it's nostalgia. It's a remake of a cartoon, like that fucking horrible horror flick um, that they showed that looks like Chippendale. Not your Rescue Rangers. Oh I don't know what kid drew that shit with Crayola. Um, <laughs> you know, okay. there's like, like I'm tired of turning. Th- like I you can go. We got the internet. I'm just saying we got the internet. I could go watch Chippendale Rescue Rangers if I gave him enough of a fuck about. You know what I mean? I could, I could go watch these old versions of things. I could watch Undertaker. On the network or on Peacock, I can go and play old games and shit. Like, I'm just kind of tired of people asking for money for nostalgia. It's not just them going, hey, remember this? It's everyone going, hey, remember this? Now pay me for it again. Well, you don't you know the nostalgia pop. The nostalgia pop has lost a pop. Yeah, and wrestling's doing it just as much as movies and TV shows. Like, I don't need to see The Undertaker. If I do, I can go back and to The Undertaker. And worse with it than everybody else. Because they'll not just give you nostalgia. They'll give you nostalgia and then put it at the forefront above everything else. But then, you know what they'll do? They'll give you nostalgia and then they'll make the nostalgia slip on a banana peel and then have like Randy Orton beat them with his belt. <laughs> you know, it's like kind of like you're not even being nostalgic. Cool. Like you like imagine if they did that like on a cartoon like Naruto or something. Like if the older ninjas were treated like shit when they became the older ninjas. <laughs> you know, like instead of it being like old sensei, it's like look at that old piece of shit. Get out of here. Scoot your ass on out of here, freaking guy sensei. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it just, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's the reason this shit is like that. No respect. But I digress. 
Tony Khan sat down with Ariel Helwani in BT Sports, WWBT Sports, via them, via them, and he clarified their intentions as far as WWE's uh, sale. Because uh, he previously said that he was open, what they always say, that they're open to all offers. He kind of clarified um, where they are as far as that goes. So let's go on and see this. Oh, you mean Nick Khan? Okay. Nick Khan. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Tony Khan. Oh, well, Is obviously. The, 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 I was, the, the I was, Khan that has heat right now. Like. <laughs> Wrong Khan. Khan! See, there's too many Khans. Uh, number one, when I say we're open for business, that means if someone credible calls on anything, NFT, trading cards, international rights, we, we take the call. We're inherently salespeople, meaning we're not sort of like, no, we don't want to talk to this company because we think they're X. If you call and you want to pitch us something and you're a credible company, we're going to hear the pitch. right? We're an entrepreneurial company that Vince and others built over the last 35 years or so. Um, and we always want to stay fresh and entrepreneurial in our minds. When I say open for business, if somebody calls, credible, asking, hey, are you guys for sale? It's what do you? What's your offer? What are you thinking? We're not trying to sell it. That's not our intent. There are no internal meetings about selling this company. The internal meetings are about growing it and the ability that we think we collectively have to tremendously grow what the value of the company is now. Is anyone calling right now about buying it? My phone is on do not disturb. Okay, I don't mean right this second, but... You said right now, (laughs) pointing your finger I'm being facetious. Look, people call all the time about all different things, but we're not in any active conversations about any of that. Okay, fair enough. So there you go. WWE not for sale. They're trying to grow it by firing everybody. Yeah. To be fair, the roster was bloated, man. It almost feels like AEW came out and they freaked out preemptively and said, we got to grab all the talent, got to grab all the talent. And you know what? They were kind of right. right to do that. But then when it looked like AEW wasn't going to blow up, they kind of went, oh, shit, we were wrong. Time to release all the talent. Time to release all the talent. <laughs> not a good idea. Moral of the story, don't just grab shit just to grab it. Yeah, definitely don't. Because at the end of the day, no matter what the purpose is, firing a lot of people is not a good look. No, it definitely is not. But uh, we don't know. We don't know what the whole reason is. I mean, at the end of the day, they have too many people for the amount of people that they're using. You know, something that simple, I think, for the time being. They barely put a dent in their roster most of the time. We tend to see some of the same, maybe like six, seven people for months at a time. I highly recommend that you... uh, Listen to the whole thing. There's some interesting stuff that he says. One thing he talks about is how he has no problem taking heat for all of the bad decisions. He doesn't really care. He doesn't say it in a mean way, but he's kind of like, you know, I don't know the people who are saying these things. So it doesn't really change my life or affect me in any way. So if they want to blame me for all the bad and not credit me for all the good, I'm fine with that. I don't really care. And, you know, whatever. He didn't give a shit. She said, look at him. Yeah, I guess. Mickey James has some choice words for his appearance I will not share on here. She said, yeah. I, I mean, she did compare him to his appearance, which I don't see the similarity. She said he looks like Big P from The Sopranos. Damn. I don't see it. I just think she was salty. She's coming off salty. She needs to stop. And you know, somebody like sending you shit in the trash bag, you'd be pissed off for a hot minute, too. So, I mean. so Becky Lynch came back. We were not on the right platform, just to clarify. I know everybody kind of felt that we glossed over that. We were not on the right platform. Or we were. We just not, were not on the right day of the week to discuss in detail like just i guess the ramifications i don't want to use that kind of a word but that's there's no better word the ramifications of the choice that they made against bianca belair it's i guess this is more about bianca belair than it is about uh 
Becky Lynch. Yeah, because she's catching all the after effect of it. And for anyone that doesn't uh, remember what happened, and I don't normally do this, I'm going to run something from the SummerSlam post-show. Bianca's here. accepted the challenge from Becky Lynch. So this is Becky Lynch's dramatic return, which was obviously um, planned at the last minute against champion Bianca Belair. And here we go, Belair, Lynch for the SmackDown Women's title at SummerSlam. I thought we had too many dream matches tonight. And we saw goes in for the handshake. And Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is taking care of business with a manhandle slam. Cover of Belair. Lynch wins the title. Lynch wins the title. Lynch wins the title. Here's your winner. Some of you were angry. There was some heat for sure. Obviously, Becky Lynch coming back, that's the biggest women star. I guess I, I venture to say biggest WWE female wrestler of all time. She, like, I mean, we, she ran both women's divisions, even though she only, for maybe the last three quarters of her, of her last run, had only one title. She but. main evented WrestleMania. I mean, for a while, Becky was the draw of the entire company. Yeah. There was no Becky was the draw until she left. So, on that aspect, I see. Her winning the title. And I told you guys, if you go back and listen to the last episodes um, for the past couple of months, when everyone was saying that when uh, Bailey got injured that they should bring back Bianca, I was like, honestly, for, for uh, that they should bring back Becky. I said, honestly, for her sake, I hope not. I said, because oh, yeah. that's See, not going to work. I figured, I was like, when Becky comes back, if she comes to SmackDown, she's getting that belt back. <laughs> I've heard a few people say... And I hate to make anything a race thing, but I have seen it a lot going around. I've seen people of color say that they are tired of uh, of the black champions being treated like shit. The fact that Kofi had a really good run and a really good story and then Brock came in and killed him and then they just glossed over and went to the next thing. And then Bianca, someone who has that same thing, and then they just kind of gloss over her for Becky. I don't want to really make it and I didn't even really look at I don't really look at things as race things very often unless it's presented oh. that way. So I don't I think this is a race thing. That. I think it's a booking thing. With WWE, it's always been a booking thing. It's shitty booking. That now, could have been anybody. Now, that being said, I also am someone who did not agree with Bianca Belair having that title run. I've been vocal about that every episode. That is not good. I don't like when Sheamus had it. I don't think you should come up to a roster and get a title run like that. I didn't like when it happened to Paige. I don't like that shit. When they do that, it's weird to me. Oh, look what it's like. No, that you because you, you're kind of making it seem, even if the person's really good and we know it in the storyline, you're making it seem like some rookie could just come in here and do that shit. And they really shouldn't be able to because then it makes it a little bit uh, less earned and, and you look up to them a little bit less. I kind of like the Dragunov thing, you know? I'd rather it be that the person nearly died and made it than that, oh, look, they were just so damn talented that this was dusted. You know what I mean? I rather, I'm rather i more for those kind of battles to win a title than uh, any of this, any of these things where, like, a rookie's an up-and-comer. You know, I like the climbing shit. Like, that Dragunov thing had a story to it before it went to this, this match. And finally he wins, so it's the payoff to everything. Way better than if it was just that they never knew each other before that and he just, like, Sig Dragunov was the champion. They never met before that day. And like he just came out, you know, and then he did that. It would still have been good, but it would have, like, not had that same impact, you know? So, that still doesn't make it Bianca's fault, though, because at the core, they still are responsible for the shitty booking. 
because they could have booked a yeah. Bianca Belair that had a slow burn. They didn't have to do that. They could have had her come up and win matches and slowly win titles, maybe get a tag team championship with someone, reluctant friends or whatever with Sasha or some shit, lose that, go do, have a mid-card feud. There's all kinds of things you can do when someone's really good at wrestling. The sky's the limit. As a matter of fact, back in the day when you were a booker and you had a wrestling company, you hoped you had somebody like that because then you could do all kinds of shit. Not just one thing. So that's why I was confused about why they decided, okay, the only thing we can do is bring her up to the main roster, have her win against the top people, and then not give her any cool, like, interesting storyline or feud. It was like, so, you know what? The fact that we got to the point that we needed to pull the trigger, which I do feel they needed to pull the trigger and get it off her, but we got there because of them, you know? That's like if I bought an animal home and I didn't feed it and it's starving and it dies. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I guess I got to put it down. Like, that's just dying, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I starved them. <laughs> yeah, no shit you got to put. So, yeah, I do think that the Becky thing should have happened just because the Bianca thing went nowhere. It's almost like they didn't think of what to do after she wins the title. Because even though I'm going to say. it is, as well, they had, especially the one thing that always hurt them, they barely had much of a roster. Because by the time Bianca's won the championship, there's like, what? Not even 10 girls there? Exactly. And that's why I'm tired and, of also and, people... And eight pe- of them are jobbers? Yeah, and exactly. And that's why I'm tired of also hearing the thing, the excuse, oh, you know, because Bailey was gone. What the fuck? Was she going to... Was she going to rest? Was they going to have a nine-month feud? What were they going to do? Let's just say I would have bought them like a few weeks. This, it would have already been done by where we are now. What the what the if hell would happen next? If actual roster to work with, you could have had her work up to Bailey. Maybe work up... Maybe work up, go through either... Ba- whichever one had the title at that. Whichever one would have had the title at the time. Work up, go through either Bailey or Sasha to get to either Bailey or Sasha. It works out perfectly then, but then that works out because you have an actual fucking roster. But they have, so they have a huge. Right they they have a gigantic them. roster. They fired. They fired fifty-two people this year alone, right? Yeah, and some and of them were girls. The SmackDown Women's Champion. The SmackDown, by the time Bianca wins the title, that division on SmackDown is down to like what eight, eight girls? I think it was at the time. Well, then combine the two rosters. Combine Raw and SmackDown. No one, that rule was made by them. They made their own rule that keeps those rosters separate. Yeah, and they only use it when it's convenient for a pop or a storyline. But when you're out of people, you can literally say Raw and SmackDown are combined again. It was that way when I grew up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, like Raw and SmackDown always were, you would just have people from wherever before, before they absorbed WCW and sort of had to do that. But it's like you can always just combine the rosters and have one big women's division. Yeah, but then again, when you were growing up, they use common sense. Yeah, I guess. And then if you're going to do that match, I see people's... Drastically. The common sense thing is like a rarity. And I see people's logic of if you're going to do that match, then uh, let them have the match. But that's also kind of weird. I would have been pissed off if they wasted that. There are things that people that are casual wrestling, wrestling fans, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but if you're just watching SummerSlam or WrestleMania, there are things that are in there for people who watch all year long that we would appreciate that you wouldn't. That would make the value of the match diminish. Just as an example, like when, when, like let's just say that like they're feuding, right? Um, anyone's feuding for that matter. Like Bianca and Becky were feuding for a while. There would be things that they would do to each other in the match that would probably be callbacks to things that they've been doing to each other in the feud, whether it be at a contract signing or whatever. 
That's not, that's how you build the match. It's not just about the match happening. But like if somebody hits somebody with a move or some shit in a sneak or something happened in a tag match, there's going to be callbacks to things in this story, at least with good booking. They are necessary in order for it to be a WrestleMania scale match. The reason you can't just conjure a WrestleMania scale match with Wingardia, Liviosa style fucking Harry Potter magic is because of the fact that it requires those bullet points. You need the build. You need the lead. You need all of these things to happen because what extends the duration of the match is all that storytelling the elements that are being incorporated from things that have happened with them in the past if they're just in there wrestling each other then it's just two girls doing moves to one another you can't even have the announcer say these two know each other so well that they're doing they don't fucking know each other at all how do we tell this story we don't even know what fucking story we're telling we don't even know. you know what i mean you can't just because people wanted it be like well let's have it because then you're cheating both of them out of what could be a good match if somebody gets rid of all the motherfuckers in charge and put somebody behind the wheel i would much rather have a becky lynch versus bianca belair program than for them to just have a flash match at wrestlemania that probably would have looked like shit too since they planned at the last minute they didn't get any ring time with one another they don't really know each other's range and shit there's so many things but then again and i hate to do this but that once again goes back to it being their fault because they didn't no one told them to do that that's like if I decided if I if, if if I decided to tell Dustin I'm gonna go camping next week instead of doing talk brunch and he told and he knows more about camping and says make sure you bring food ah fuck all that I got my my phone my tablet and double A batteries I go out there and get killed by a fucking bear well hey no one told you he had the batteries yeah no one told you to bring your batteries and your fucking smartphone to the woods it's ridiculous it's once no again completely your choice just, no one's no one's forcing them like we had to have becky come out we had to like you didn't have to do anything and apparently they knew for like nine days that sasha wasn't going to be able to make it now as much as uh no one wants to say what it is that's wrong with sasha we know let, 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 how could you know that somebody how could you exactly if it's something that you somehow knew the person would not be able to be there for nine days since the contract signing, right? Then I'm thinking the only thing we can time that you could get sick with, where you could be like, hmm, we knew for approximately now, is a fucking cove. Like, let's be real. We've been seeing this for a year. Somebody if gets she, sick and they act like we don't fucking know. If they caught, no, every other company, if somebody caught COVID, they tell you they caught fucking COVID. No, here they're being cryptic. She's only gone, she's gone for medical reasons. But we're this again, stupid. If it was a stomach virus it, it, or a cold, it, it, would they be able to be like they knew for approximately nine days that she wouldn't be right. able to get them? Well, if it was a cold or the flu, then you wouldn't know. You would be hopeful that maybe she'll be okay and pull through. You only would know that definitely in nine days she's not going to be able to be here if it's something that has a time, a time fucking limit to it. So obviously we know what happened there. Now, the interesting part to me is that at first it was both Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks they weren't going to be able to make the match and somehow Bianca got cleared and Sasha didn't you guys mentioned in the chat room to me during the weekend that Sasha's anti-vax I don't know exactly how accurate that is but just tinfoiling around here it would really be an ironically fucked up message if if that's exactly what happened here you had one girl who was anti-vax and one that wasn't and they were both in a place where they got exposed and the reason why Bianca Belair is back is because the shit works and it protected her 
And the reason Sasha's gone is because she needs to be in 14-day quarantine. Again, this is just me tinfoiling because I have heard that if you are properly vaxxed, that what happens is you can still get something where you won't feel well for a few days, but then you'll recover. It won't be like the full thing. You might just get like the sniffles or a symptom. I don't know what the symptoms. But the point being, it's possible for you to have something happen, but recover fast. It won't 100% protect you, but even in cases where you get it, it, it'll, it won't it'll, be. It'll, it'll give you a nice good snap back. Like you'll be back it'll, like you, so no time. I find it interesting that you guys in the chat said that Sasha Banks was anti-vax. We found out that both these girls weren't going to be in their SummerSlam match. And somehow Bianca, who we know was in proximity to Sasha, was at SummerSlam. Even if to get that shitty job where she loses to Becky like that. She was there. Becky could touch her. Yeah. They're not going to sacrifice Becky. Mm-mm. So... And yeah, and, and, just, it would be such an ironic message because this would tell the, the wrestling community, hey, look, this shit works. One person had it and the other one didn't and one's okay and the other one isn't. I'm sorry, what were you going to say? But um, when it comes to the whole thing with the match, like my whole, my whole point with, like, with last night was I don't expect like, don't even give me WrestleMania quality, just something. Because at the end of the day now, poor Bianca had to try to get herself out of that shit. But once again, it all comes back to what the fuck were they thinking? Like, virtually everything's going to come back around to that point of this could have easily been avoided if they weren't so fucking stupid. Whenever they do something with the women in the title, they always le- like to have like five or six women come out angry that they're not the champion, even though none of them win matches. That being said, couldn't they have just at least done some shit where almost the same thing plays out? But uh, Carmella does something. Carmella grabbed her leg or was out there just did some stupid thing right. and caused her to look and again because distract her and then she gets caught with the manhandle slam yeah that and then and then all the heat gets directed at carmella who you're trying to make a heel and failing at and but now you they really hate her because look what she did and now you still have this shitty situation that the rest of us see through but it looks a little bit better exactly because at the end of the day no there are too many fans who aren't going to sit there and believe that the smackdown women's champion could just get sucker punched but everybody in their third cousin twice removed can believe that if carmella's crazy ass shows up and distracts her she can get caught off guard because we've seen it happen so many times it's the easiest trick in the book in fact that that's what happened um when when corbin lost his money in the bank cash in remember cena distracted him and then he got rolled up and <laughs> That was also, and this is just me, I don't know how much the pay goes, but I would imagine maybe Sasha get, gets more money than like Carmella, do you think? Oh, yeah, right? Long shot. And she probably gets more money at least on, until currently Selena Vega, maybe even still, because Selena Vega doesn't look like she exactly signed the golden contract when she came back. <laughs> the bitch is like 0-6 when she came back. But the point being, and I hate to use this comparison, and I never thought I would be in this situation, but I'm thinking, what would Tony Khan have done, right? And Tony Khan, his goal seems to always be able to make everybody happy and successful and make money. Those are good things to have. Those are good qualities yeah. in a friend. So if I was Tony Khan, going by the way he thinks, this is an opportunity for me to pay a few people who weren't on that card because Sasha's paycheck's bigger. I could bring up Carmella and Zelina Vega and have her tag against freaking Bianca and uh, Becky. Everybody gets the Becky return that they want. Nobody looks like and shit. And they get a SummerSlam payday. And they, they get to split the, the fucking Sasha SummerSlam payday. And we still didn't really move or position anybody out of place till we figure out what happened. And everybody's happy. And everybody's just, happy. Just you managed to fucking... Add a new player to the game. 
and you pleased everyone because people are mad that you're not pushing Zelina Vega. The AEW thing's white hot and her husband's over the Alice, uh, Malachi Black. So you actually made every fucking body happy because they got Becky, they got Bianca, they got to see the champ interact with like a legend essentially. And, and now you got Zelino who got to be in at the SummerSlam. It, it's amazing to me that they use these girls all year long, just having them come down the ramp and all argue to be in tag matches and six matches and gauntlet matches. And then whenever there's a pay-per-view like this and you could use it, they're just not fucking there. Exactly. Like you could easily just have Bianca and Becky just run through them in a tag match, then Becky turns, because then you can build towards the title match and have an actual match. They have the same it's, problem that, what, what, that I think what's mm-hmm. so upsetting to a lot of fans is it's so easily avoidable to where you don't have to just outright screw somebody. They have the same problem that DC has versus Marvel. It's almost like AEW is the Marvel in this case and and WWE is the DC. DC wanted to have all of the big moments and all of the big bullet points that happened in the comic books without doing any of the work to get there. Just fuck it. Flashpoint. Fuck it. Doomsday. Fuck it. Death of Superman. Fuck it. Resurrection. Like they literally, they wanted to just have all of the cool shit, but they didn't even want to hire anybody to get them to the destination. They didn't, they could have got somebody to just take these stories from the Justice League Unlimited and put them in the damn thing with actors. Hand them those scripts. Problem solved. Everybody makes money. But instead, what did DC do? They have these shitty bullet point stories that are all disheveled. They messed up um, this guy's cut. The, uh, what's his name? The Snyder cut and all that other shit. Yeah, they, destroy, they destroy all this shit and then still want money. When, when I look at it, WWE is literally doing that. They don't have these slow burn builds. They want the moments, those wild moments that come at the end of a storyline. But the whole storyline's missing. They don't think past the pop. The same it's, phrase I've been using for months on here. It's just like the whole story's gone. That led us there. And then they're going to come across the same problem that DC did against Marvel. It's kind of like you're going to wind up having to do this over again. You're going to have to reboot a lot of this. Soft reboot some of it. you know. And you're never going to be able to catch up because you have to slow build from the beginning all over again. Because you didn't do it right the first time. Meanwhile, AEW on the other hand, it may not always be great. But maybe it's not always supposed to just go from one beat to another. That hotshot booking sucks, man. Yeah, it's like I've said before. And this is why I think what where I, I always... I won't say I'm critical of some people who just trash them, but it's like some people don't understand. The thing about it is with them, it might not always work, but they try it. They see it from beginning to end. The QT Marshall thing will probably never work, but I guarantee you we will see it from beginning to fucking end. It's starting to really just look more like it's not a matter of incompetence anymore. They just don't care. They don't care it's almost they it's funny have you mentioned though they, they don't give a shit about their fan base they don't give a shit about their wrestlers all the while AEW will do everything they can to make them happy but at the same time be like hey guys we're gonna try this bear with us yeah cabby i mentioned uh like, we're doing this now pay for the peacock yeah cabby i mentioned teen titans go and that's a good example it's shit sure but it's easy shit it it, it gets people you get little kids who tune in we have toys it's like it, it's a time slot it doesn't take as much to make you know how hard that other teen titans is to make the one that's got oh value God. to write that shit for it to be good the way that it was you needed a writer number one that's a hard thing to get nowadays you needed an artist you need to put quality it's way easier to just sell out and make some piece of shit that everybody can enjoy universally that doesn't really take as much effort. I don't think that this is WWE Raw. I think this is WWE Go. I think that what's happening here is they've just realized that this is more cost-efficient measures to just spit out shit 
assembly line bullshit. They're not going to give you a storyline. You're not going to get Rock and Austin. You're not going to get somebody who develops into a thing. You know, but they don't care if you're pissed or not. No one cares that the people who watch Teen Titans are pissed that that it's not the Teen Titans they want. You don't think those DC people, you don't think that people, like fans of comics like myself, are are mad to see Robin like that? I don't even know what fucking Robin it is. (laughs) You know, that doesn't, anger didn't do shit. He still looks like that every time I go to Cartoon Network. So they don't care. Big head and small arms. What the fuck? They don't care at all. Did you hear what Nikki Bella said about that match? I didn't hear what she said, but I heard she was pissed. This was good, man. She buried the, she buried them. I guess she has nothing to lose, right? They're probably not going to invite her back. back. Yeah, hold on. Let me see if I can bring this up. They're not going to invite her back, right? Yeah, she buried it. All right, here we go. Do you guys have a favorite moment from the show this tonight? Um, I could tell you what wasn't my favorite moment, and it was when she lost. That would definitely was not my favorite moment. And I don't know if I actually had a favorite moment because, you know, I'm always back to the women and I'm always for the women. And you have someone like Bianca, who's such an incredible talent. And you can't help but get frustrated when you see moments like that of like a championship that meant so much and was lost within seconds. Um, so I have to admit, for this SummerSlam, there truly wasn't anything that was my favorite. That one moment <laughs> killed the whole pay-per-view for her. It's, the, it's like I was saying. I can understand what people come from when they talk about her being basically a rookie that won the championship. But at the end of the day, take the championship completely out of the equation. That is a girl who is not designed to get run through like that. And then you add the championship to it. Nikki said, fuck the whole show. Right. Brock came back, <laughs> fuck it. That's the reason I felt... It's important to bring this up again because clearly people are hot. I don't think just like with Teen Titans and with Kofi, I don't think anything's going to happen. I wish I could tell you we we're going to band together and make some sort of a big uh, change unfortunately here. Unfortunately, it's not. We're going to be mad. It's going to be mad. And I said, they don't care. You're watching a product that does not care about you. As long as you're conscious about that, then uh, you should have no issues. Like, watch it and enjoy it all you want, but just ho- just know that they could give an iota of a fuck about you. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't at all. And uh, it's starting to show. I, we, we, they're going to keep... They want you to believe that they're just stupid. Oh, these idiots don't know what they're doing because then they don't... It, it almost... And that's what I hate. It almost makes them less guilty. But it doesn't. You know? I'm not gauging how smart you are at this. I'm not gauging how competent you are at your function. I'm gauging your function. I'm disconnecting you from your task and, ra- and and ranking the fucking task and you're failing at it. So yeah, I don't like that. And I do, again, this isn't me retracting what I said. I do think they needed to get it off of her. I do think they needed to get it off oh, of her yeah. fast. I don't think there needed to be a match. There was nothing that they, that they could have done to fulfill those requirements that I as a viewer had. I don't want them to have a long match yet. I don't think Bianca should still have the belt. It is time to put it on back. But they wrote themselves into that corner where it was like, okay, now that we have the villain on his knees about to fall off of a cliff and a meteor is heading towards the planet, you know, it's because I'm like, oh, you wrote yourself into this. You didn't have to do that. And then didn't even put effort to get out of it. You asked me, you asked me, basically asked me what my opinion was after the bell got rung. Well, yeah, then I guess what was left there, sure. I have to avoid having a match. I need the title back. He was like, you didn't have to do that, man. That was ridiculous. And uh, especially when you're a former women's champion, they want to put some fucking respect on the name of that title. 
You know, she's probably excited to see the match and then didn't even get to see it. So I get where people are coming from. I really do. Yeah. I don't even think I don't even think anybody would have wanted like a friggin' five star spot fest. I think people just would have wanted to see at least something to make it look like there was some kind of effort put through and not just like, okay, fucking R one, okay, we're going home. What yeah, and like they said, they had about eight days to know that Sasha wasn't going to be able to make it. So that makes, just, that makes it even worse. <laughs> because they kept promoting her anyway, which tells me that they don't care. She was already slated to be in attendance, though. They thought all their money would just fix everything. Be like, oh, she'll be fine. <sighs> they wasted that return. And that was another person who came back with a return who didn't look like they had an attire or anything ready. She wasn't in a SummerSlam outfit or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Whenever you see them wear the same outfit, which is never supposed to happen, it's because they didn't have time to do anything. That wasn't put together properly. Sloppy. Hot shot booking. That's why I keep my peacock money. It's not even hot shot. It's like lukewarm booking. It's terrible. I don't know if we missed this or if this just got posted, but apparently this was on social media. This is Bianca Belair after the loss. Yeah, this, um, I don't think it just got posted that night. Okay, first of all, what an insane night you've had today. We need to start talking about that because SummerSlam, you were supposed to have your match against Sasha Banks. However, that did not end up going the way that that was planned. And instead, we had a big grand surprise of Becky Lynch. I want to get your emotions. How are you feeling right now? Uh, Right now, I'm just trying to collect my thoughts, get my mind together. Everything happened so quickly and so fast. I was ready to fight Sasha Banks, and Becky came out, which was an amazing moment. Um, I'm I'm happy to be a part of that moment, but I lost my title. And right now, I'm just emotional and trying to wrap my mind around it. And, um, you know, I have to be honest. I I feel defeated right now, and I'm okay with with, with being vulnerable and, and being honest about that, but I'm ready to get my title back. How did you feel? What was that moment like when you heard Becky Lynch's music play and then you hear like four, like 50,000 plus people erupt into madness? What was it like to be the person in the ring knowing that she was coming after you and your championship? It was bittersweet. You know, Becky Lynch, what she's accomplished inside and outside the ring, she's the man, um, she's a legend in the making. So it was bittersweet to know that she was coming out and to hear that pop from the crowd and hear the vibration from the WWE Universe. It's, it's nothing like you've ever felt before. So to be in the ring and feel all of that was amazing. But at the same time, I was a SmackDown Miss Champion. I knew she was coming for my title. So it was bittersweet. Um, and I'm just... I can't help but to be a little sad about the situation and just ready to get back in there and get my rematch because I deserve a rematch. I was going to say because, you know, this match between you and Becky Lynch happened very, very fast. I think the fans, the entire WWE Universe, essentially, they want to see more because they know what you can bring to the table. So I think that's what we're looking forward to. So with that being said, obviously now she's SmackDown Women's Champion. She's now on your turf on the blue brand. What do you think we're going to be seeing in the following weeks on SmackDown? You know, just hearing Becky Lynch's name and SmackDown Miss Champion in the same sentence makes me uh, a little hyped up right now. I'm even swaying back and forth. It it makes me feel a certain way, but I I want my rematch. Um, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to fight. I call myself the EST of WWE for a reason, and I'm the strongest and the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best. And I'm down to prove that against Becky Lynch. I've been a competitor my whole life, and I know that to be the best, you have to get in the ring with the best. So right now, I'm looking forward to getting in the ring with Becky Lynch and proving that I am the EST of WWE. Now, if you listen closely, you can hear all the cons- all the conspiracy theorists like, wait a minute, she said all in. She's jobbing and going at AEW. Like, yeah, no. All right. Yikes. 
See what happens when you don't put effort forth, people. You book yourself into a corner. Yeah, I feel bad, man. I feel bad. It sucks. They don't there were so to... many things. What's so annoying is that there's so many things that could have been done, and they were just not done. Just for a punch and a slam. PW Insider was told that it was 100% a Vince McMahon call for the title to switch to Lynch, and it was to make her re- <laughs> it was to make her return even more spectacular. <laughs> they know this is Becky Lynch, right? The only girl who's ever pinned Ronda Rousey. They said that like there were that even people in the company. Championship he said he wanted to make her return even more spectacular, which is why he did this. And then um, apparently there were people in the company that were concerned about this taking the wind out of Bianca Belair's sails, and they expressed that to him. But the idea was that the moment was about Becky Lynch per Vince McMahon's vision of the pay-per-view. So that means that literally whatever they were going to do, Vince literally pulled someone to the side and said, you know what? We're going to do this. It's going to be spectacular. And that was his thing that he did. Good shit. It, it wasn't. I know. Every now and then the old man has a miss. I don't think he's responsible for most of the writing, but every now it's and then he does. It's not as bad as some people out there. Like, like, it's not as bad as some of the marks like to make it think it is, but every now and then it happens. Yeah, like this was a... <laughs> it's not... It, it was, was not even... It was not even more spectacular. <laughs> I know. But that goes to show that, that, and it proves also that as much as people do say that, that it's not Vince with certain things, like he can stop anything or start anything and nothing can stop him because if other people around him are like, no, we shouldn't do this and it happened anyway, then he'll still do it. Like He'll still do it. He'll just get somebody else to do it. All right. In other news, WWE's relationship with 2K is being called quote-unquote seriously strained according to sports gamers online most of those within wwe wanted the game to release in its normal survivor series window those from 2k sports and visual concepts on the other hand push hard for a delay 2k games blames wwe's max exodus of talent this year for the delay else the game would have been quote-unquote the most outdated roster a game has ever seen wwe was upset over the negative reception that was given to 2k20 and even threatened to find a new publisher it was being reported to be like the threats to cancel cable the threats would come out of them claiming to have interest from one company here or there and yeah this is where we are 2k and wwe are at odds so to summarize this, what basically happened is, as you guys know, the new WWE game releases every October, Survivor Series season. Last year's game was a catastrophe. The reason behind this is because the original developers, Ukes, moved on to greener pastures, and we come to find out are now working on the AEW game. This left Visual Concepts in charge of making the new WWE game. I don't remember what Visual Concepts makes, but we looked it up here, and it wasn't much. I I don't even remember what the fuck it was, but they took That's over the, the the last WWE game, two K twenty one, and it was terrible. It was buggy. It had more bugs. They didn't know how to control the engine or any of the shit. The physics it was destroyed. This is the same company who's there this year. Two K Sports and Visual Concepts once again taking another bat. They had another year since that disaster to get their shit and come correct. However, what they're saying essentially is basically, look, we were ready this time with the game. But they fired so many people that we have to keep changing the roster. And that's why we're delaying. And WWE saying, we, we, we want this game out when it's supposed to be out. 
I don't I don't know who's right or who's wrong here. The reason I why, well, I mean, then again, I kind of have to go back. We have to go back to who made the first move here. The whole reasons why Ukes left was because they didn't like being micromanaged. WWE would want specific things in a specific way in their wrestling game. And even though it is a WWE brand, the developers have to have some level of flexibility to be able to create this game. And apparently things with intros and characters and shit, they're kind of like the way they are with their company. They did the micromanaging to the point where Ukes basically said, you know what? Fuck this. We're going to just go do other games with what they originally said. They're going to do more of the games to give them more freedom. And then we found out that they went over and they're going to be working on the AEW game. So it is their fault in a sense because the reason why they lost Ukes was because they were micromanaging Ukes and they didn't like it. So they left to, to no longer be under WWE's thumb, leaving them with shitty visual concepts in the 2K sports brand. And now those people are working on something that they don't have experience in while these guys are cracking the whip. So in a way, it is still their fault because they didn't have to fire everybody. They didn't have to run Ukes away and they didn't have to rush the game out. And uh, you already knew that your development company was inexperienced in making the game and you made it even harder. Yeah. Once again, it all falls on them because it's like, yeah, you can they, they, they could just roll the game out in October. But then when you realize there's like 80 people on the roster who aren't even fucking there anymore, that's going to have some drawback to it. And the bad part about it is, is knowing WWE, they blame 2K. It's going to have more than some drawback. And then that's the whole problem. I get why they're pissed, too, as a company, because this game traditionally comes out in October, you know? But once again, they but, did it to themselves. But now if they like ever want to go back to they schedule, they'd have stuff, to... Uh, but not realizing they keep doing it to themselves. Now they're going to have to convince people to buy a wrestling game seven months later, because I'm sure they're going to want the development of the next one to be an October launch again. And then at the same time, that's, they're going to have to make sure that the developers are able to make a good wrestling game with seven months time, way less time than they had. Like they broke this beyond repair in a lot of ways. And that's the problem with game development cycles. If you do, whether or not you delay or don't delay something could literally make or break your whole company. That's not something you toy around with. So... Good luck to K22 that's already being delayed. They said it was a little hit different. And the fact that the relationship is seriously strained is another bad sign. Because God forbid this company leaves mid-development, which is what happened with Ukes. Left the keys on the desk. You better start being nicer. Yeah. Moving along, there were no solid plans put in for Adam Cole. It wasn't so much that they that he decided to go to AEW as it was that they never came up with anything Which from what I'm hearing. Complete fucking clown shoes. Like, if I have Adam Cole in my company, I'm coming up with main roster shit like a thousand years before he's anywhere near the fucking main roster. He had this to say on his Twitch channel since we're talking game. This is in regards to the status of his Twitch channel. There we go. I got it. I got it. Um, but guys, I love y'all so much. I wish so bad that I could just stream for a few more hours um but it does it makes me so happy to even be able to stream for a little bit and it's why when i say no matter what there is a zero chance that this channel is ever going away i will never give this up i love it with my whole entire heart and i love you guys that's how important you are to me because you guys make me feel very important um so again just there's been a lot going on lately i just want to make sure everyone knows that this is going nowhere this is going absolutely nowhere. So I love you guys. Mwah. I will talk to everyone later tonight on Discord. 
and then I will see you guys on Wednesday for the return of Spartan Ops Legendary Edition. All right. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good one. Yeah, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, Adam Cole is a great streamer. Oh, uh, yeah. I believe his uh, channel is known as uh, The Chugs, which was uh, the nickname he got from Woods. Mm-hmm. Really, really awesome. Very down-to-earth person. But yeah, WWE can't separate a man from his Twitch channel. See what you did? He made that shit clear. He drew the line in the sand. He's like, sorry, this is my realm. You know, and that was it. I respect the man for that. Exactly. You worked hard for that shit. They didn't do shit. Why are you changing <laughs> yourself for them? Yeah, don't don't lower yourselves for these people. What do you mean, these people? Don't y'all start that shit. Y'all come in here. I swear, I'll snap you so fucking fast. No one comes to. No, no one likes getting snapped in here. They know how fast all guns are aimed. <laughs> but I'll fucking do it quick. <laughs> I was quicker in mixer, but then again, it was easier in mixer. Quicker with mixer. That should have been their slogan. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's about time that we talk about something really, really big, huh? Huge. Yeah. So before we do, I think I'm going to mark this block with an intermission. How about that? Because that's how important it is. We're separating the show because from here on, there's no longer going to be screwing around. So with that, we'll be right back. Want to chat with the guys? Then be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Talkbrunch.com. Served hot. Punk, huh? That was quite the moment, I gotta say. I swear to you, I love the fucking Chicago crowd just because of shit like that. We're gonna move things out of order a little bit because for the first time in seven years, CM Punk returned to wrestling. As a result of that, we're going to go over some of what happened on Rampage. Probably the biggest wrestling night of our known lives. It was the game changer. So we're going to start off with Tony Khan, who addresses the crowd. Tonight, I promise you, bringing you something very special tonight at the first day. Listen to that one phrase he says, your faith will be rewarded. 
How cool is that, right? You stuck with us, and we are going to do something to say thank you. He said, your faith will be rewarded tonight. Well like said. That, I love that that phrase, I think, encapsulates why so many people support AEW. Because if you stick with them, they show their appreciation for it. You stick with WWE, they make you buy a whole new network, and then they fire people. Mm-hmm. This company said, you guys rode with us for almost two years, and we're going to give back. And that brings us to CM Punk and his return. This fucking crowd. First of all, mm-hmm, go ahead. I was going to say, first of all, like, I don't know if you're catching it from the very beginning, but I love that the crowd, what I love so much about this is the crowd knew and still had probably the most thunderous reaction I've ever heard in my life. This was definitely something. But we're going to start. Bone chilling. But we're going to start where all good stories begin, and that's in Gorilla. beginning of (laughs) that's cool right oh my god that was on the latest episode of being the elite by the way that was so fucking cool and what i love too is the crowd popped for the music and somehow popped harder when he came out of the tunnel and what i love about this rampage episode is that there was no fucking around no they went straight into it like there was nothing here but going straight into the CM Punk. Because I'm, sh- I don't I'm sharing know Gorilla with you guys. I don't know um, <laughs> if they actually did it, but I guess what the Smack the WWE had a plan to have SmackDown purposely overrun just to try to fuck with Rampage. Yeah, really. Yeah, apparently they let them run by ten, run past ten, to try to fuck with Rampage. Guess what, bitches? It failed. But it's weird because I watched SmackDown live, and yet I, when I switched over to Rampage, there was I got there in time. This was that. What did they do today? Okay, delay so Rampage. I mean, that must have been that must have been this rumor thing because I just I feel like I remember hearing that they were um they were gonna let SmackDown go over. I guess if it was gonna go over, maybe but it went so over a minute or two. But they don't have that kind of power on Fox. Fox isn't gonna stop the ten o'clock news for them. Fox, they go fuck you. <laughs> you know, you kidding me? They're not playing that game. Oh, that, anyway, wouldn't that be great though just to see fucking Fox just soprano the final segment? Don't stop believing. <laughs> Write it down. Oh my god. Never thought we would be there. Anyway, let's get some of these clips. Let's look through some of this. There's no way to look through everything because there was so much of this debut. I love how it's the first thing. Listen to the pop. You can almost not hear his fucking music. And I don't know if you hear Did Justin Roberts try to announce him? I don't think so. I think everyone stood quiet. Jim Ross, everybody, commenter, Excalibur, everyone was just silent for this. Wow, There's look at that. There's one guy in this crowd, and we'll probably see him in the court. He 
encapsulated that moment. This one guy what? There's one guy in the crowd, and I swear they got the best shot of him. He encapsulated that entire moment. This is such a huge deal, you know? And they did like, it we, perfectly. That's another thing. They did it perfect. It could what I love I, about it is mm-hmm. look how long they just let him sit. He got to take in being here, you know? Look at that. He got to come home. Baby. This is where all the wrestling fans were. And keep in mind, people, they were they Say that again. Is that the cool thing is that they, they maintained that pop for his entire entrance? Oh yeah. Like it never said. This is this is like the biggest debut that they've ever had in AEW by far. That is huge, right? Colossal. Like, that's like the most emotion I've seen in the Yeah, that's the most emotion I've seen in a wrestling ring in years. Or in a wrestling arena or anywhere, a venue. Incredible. Look at that, the fat. Look at there he is. There's the guy. That's the guy you're talking about, right? That's the guy. That guy encapsulates that entire moment. Like, it was pure happiness that we got something we never thought we were going to see. CM Punk. By the way, <laughs> screenshot. <laughs> you know, like, that guy is my favorite. Like, we have Brock Lesnar guy. We have Miz Girl. That guy is my favorite, hands down. Because that guy had been waiting for this moment. See, I'm not laughing because fun. I'm laughing because it makes me so happy to see that guy. Like I had instant joy when I saw him. Before you even said it, before you even got to him, questioning when you were talking, as soon as you started talking, it was like the crying guy, huh? Yeah, the crying guy. <laughs> because it's so true. When you look at that guy's face, that was everybody who rode with CM Punk from Ring of Honor to TNA to WWECW the whole way. That guy was everybody. He said it's the it's the real to me, damn it, guy 2.0. <laughs> oh God. It's still real to me 2.0. <laughs> I forgot about that guy. Holy shit. This is awesome, man. But we, and I love the fact that like he's hugging the fans. Yeah. Not he's just high fiving like everybody else. Like he, he when he jumped in that crowd, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch, he comes in there. Crowd dive. Yeah. And the security didn't even try to stop him. That's the best. I mean, they were. Trust me. Look at that guy. He desperately wants to get him out of there. It's like, no, nah, he's good. He's fine. <laughs> that look, he looked happy. It's awesome, right? I watched it live and still, I'm still enjoying it. I made sure that was the only time out. I didn't go back because I wanted to watch. Look at that Brock Lesnar guy. Yeah, Brock Lesnar guy was there. I've watched this clip, had as been in here three dozen times. I still get this. That is incredible. This is what wrestling's needed, man. 
Emílio Drummond. What an emotional moment. See, this is why we're wrestling fans. Not for the politics, not for the bullshit, for moments like Yeah, it's just one cool thing that everyone could enjoy, you know? Wow. I love that call from Excalibur. Yeah, right. That was a good. That's the first time I liked them. Years just hang on for ninety more seconds. Ah man, that is something else. Holy fuck! I got chicken skins. Oh Jesus, that is awesome. <laughs> so, a few thoughts because people were saying, "Oh, you know, why he come back?" We'll, we'll go into all of that. We have, you know, we have audio and stuff like that. But just thesis here. So, like, my wife plays this game on her phone, right? Where, like, there's a house, and, like, you, you, the, better, the better you maintain the house, cats will come and live in it. Like, cartoon cats. I don't remember what it's I'm, called. I'm more mad at myself that that sounds familiar. Yeah, but anyway, it's a, it's a game. She's on the mobile phone, and it's like, you, you maintain your house, and you maintain your stuff, and the cats will come live there. And the better you maintain it, I guess the more cats survive and so yeah, on and so forth, and, and more of them show up. Better quality cats. Write it down. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name for an episode, Better Quality Cats, if we get a shot of the AEW roster. Anyway, you must be wondering what the fuck's going on right now, which is good. It keeps you interested. That being said, what if that's Tony Khan's entire logic this whole time? You know what I mean? Like, what if he's just making sure that he has the nicest house that has the best cats? And the more of them show up, the better his house does. Because really, you're like, he's recruiting all these people and shit. And CM Punk sees all of his colleagues and his friends and everybody there, you know? And then he sees how nice it is. And you got Conan that's talking about how fucking wonderful it was. How it was like working at Google, you know? And I think that... What basically happened was Tony Khan plays the cat game, but in real life. Real life cat game. Yeah. When you really think about it, it's amazing. Yeah, if you keep your shit maintained, you can pull big stars like a CM Punk. No, that just came to me. I was just thinking about the cat game, and I said, hey, you know what? That's what it's like. The the (laughs) cat game. Which which, which minor segue, did you hear apparently they tried to get both Tyson and Shaq for SummerSlam? Neither of them wanted to do it. I heard they wanted to get Tyson to do like a voiceover or something, which when I heard that story, I, I almost didn't put it. I didn't put it on this program because it didn't sound fathomable. They wanted to get Tyson to do the voiceover for fucking SummerSlam. SummerSlam. It's the, it's the. the <laughs> 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 it's the show of the immortals. Oh my god, he's the biggest party in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> then we get Tyson to do the fucking voiceover. Are we sure that that's legitimate? <laughs> oh 
like I like I completely, completely understood LL Cool J. But Mike Tyson? Is that the voice we're getting fucking SummerSlam? Now get ready for the biggest show of the summer. <laughs> oh my god. Can you fucking imagine? <laughs> I'm really disappointed that we didn't get that. Oh god. That would have just been the fucking cherry on the on, on the cake. If they could have maintained the house, we could have got it, but Oh my god. Can you imagine? I feel cheated now. <laughs> I want that would oh have like God, the quality. Just, that would be like a different tier of quality, like from Snoop Dogg commentating on the UFC. Yo, fucking Snoop Dogg in knockout mode is still the. It's my proudest moment of that first UFC street. <laughs> Maybe they could get Tyson for the Rumble. <laughs> Thirty men. Tell you about jumping. <laughs> percentages and stuff. Oh, that'd be fucking wonderful. I want to hear the percentages from Tyson. <laughs> I need to hear the percentages from Tyson. Okay. There are two things in life I need. Tyson to do the do the number percentages in the Royal Rumble and Gilbert Goffrey to read Fifty Shades of Grey. I get oh, either of those two things, I am fucking satisfied. Fucking Tyson of all people is gonna do the narrative. <laughs> I sometimes this sometimes I wish WWE got everything they wanted. Right. <laughs> Some of this stuff would be absolute fucking clown shoes, but it'd be wonderful. I feel like the way the writer room works is like that game that you play where like you start to tell a story and then you tell the person next to you and they continue and then the person next to you continues it and then you, you don't know, know where like, the fuck is gonna go by because like and then Tyson will be the the voiceover and oh my god that is too much anyway so I feel like Tony Khan was creating a good wrestling company because you know what they say if you make it they will come. I think his whole logic this whole time, it's possible, just tin foiling again, it's possible that this guy thought, you know what, I'll get CM Punk by getting everybody. When he sees how great this place is, he's going to want to show up here. And the funny thing about it is, from a logic standpoint, it works perfectly. You know, when we first played that clip of Conan talking about how it was like fucking paradise, I remember Stacey being not, like saying, now CM Punk's going to show up. <laughs> okay, no for Stacey, yeah. all right. He was he was looking for a he 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 was looking for a good place and they made one. Go figure, huh? Imagine people using their energy to make nice places. <laughs> I like this Tony Khan guy. Like we've always seen that with him. The booking might not always be great, but he's made that a place that that wrestlers want to go. They might not they might go there and never get over, but they will go there and they will be happy. Yeah, well, you know, there's lots of money over there. Money usually makes people happy. Lots of money, no politics. You don't have to wake up one day and figure out sixty your friends got fired. Like, wonderful. Yep, absolutely. We are back live in the United Center, Chicago, Illinois, where CM Punk has arrived at All Elite Wrestling. Those crowds, that those fans are unglued, man. They've waited seven years for this. I would. <laughs> you guys really know how to make a kid feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. That's such a great opening line. <laughs> I'm winging this. You know, we're winging this. We. That's a very important distinction 
we'll get back to it, but I didn't plan on what I was going to say because I didn't know what to say. Because I didn't know how I was going to feel, but I knew that I needed to feel it. And I feel you, Chicago. And I hear you, Chicago. That is the most unglued we've seen fans in years. That's what I've heard for seven years. I heard you. I heard you. And we got a lot to cover. There's good news and bad news. The bad news is we're not going to get to it all right here, right now. But the good news is, is I got the time. Wednesday... Friday, four Sundays or Saturdays a year. I got the time and I ain't going anywhere. I couldn't have made it more clear than that. So he has a full time schedule. Think about that. Full time. Right Not really full, but close to it. He's going he's gonna to be here pretty often. So the contract has CM Punk wrestling 10 to 12 times a year. He could choose to wrestle more if he wants to. He will also be on television nearly every week. But he also wants to do other things with the company, such as commentary. He had 2.9 million views when this first happened on YouTube. It was the number one trending thing. Who knows how many it's at now. I didn't have time to even look. Probably broke the scale by now. Yeah, so crazy. Absolutely insane. We got I've never seen a crowd repop so many times. According to Fightful, CM Punk entered discussions for a multi-year deal with AEW uh, back in uh, June. But they were talking to him for a while, which you're going to hear about as we go further into this. But yeah, that energy from those fans, that crowd, that is something awesome. Wait, one second. Possibly for me, the most important thing I'm going to say right now, and this is for everybody at home, this is for everybody who bought a ticket, this is for everybody in the back. If at all through my journey, any of my personal choices or decisions related to my life made you feel disappointed or let down, let me just say, let me just say, I understand if you all try to understand that I was never going to get healthy physically, mentally, spiritually, or emotionally staying in the same place that got me sick in the first place. That was a mini pipe bomb right there. We know what place he's talking yeah. about. And Booker T didn't like that, but hey, oh well. Whoa. What did Booker T say? I wish I would have known. I would have pulled it. I can't remember. I, I didn't hear what he said, but all I heard was apparently he didn't like it because he was like, oh, it was just about WWE. And it's like, maybe for like that second. That's the only thing he said. And he was classy. He didn't even mention WWE by name. Yeah. Right. He just said he had to get away from that place. What's like, wrong? Relax. Don't be a company guy. Stop it. 
Yeah, many no, of I y'all think... out there. They get, you got the Hall of Fame ring. Let it go. <laughs> he handled it very classy, I feel. Can I tell you guys a story? It's hot in here. Hang on one second. Can I tell you a story? See, I felt before like I had to leave. I didn't want to, but I knew I couldn't stay, and that was when I used to work for a place called Ring of Honor. August 13th, 2005 was my last match in Ring of Honor, and I famously came out with tears in my eyes. And walking out here today, I now know why I was crying and it was a lot of reasons but what it boiled down to was I had made a place where people could come work get paid learn their craft and love professional wrestling it must feel good to be able to say wrestling and not be ridiculed and be corrected and have right. to say superstar superstar open to god is not on some fucking bullshit band word list you know just to be able to vibe with the fans not to be scripted just to be able to throw it out there you know he looks really so special. at peace this entire segment this was wonderful links in the chat room guys to all of the social media links these came from and i cried because i knew i was leaving a place that i love and it was a home and I knew where I was going. It wasn't going to be easy for a guy like me. Because I'm one of you. So I look at it like this. August 13th, 2005. I left professional wrestling. August 20th, 2021. I'm back. And I'm back for you. I'm not going to lie. I'm back for me too. And I'm back because there's a hell of a lot of young talent that I wish I was surrounded by 10 years ago. So in saying that, I sit back and I say, well, hell, they're there now, so why aren't you? Here I am. It's the cat game. I'm back. (laughs) He's back because of the cat game, essentially. Tony Khan made this house nice. 
and all the magical cats came. He's <laughs> stupid. This is brilliant business, man. This is better than the wrestling storylines right here. Because I want to work with that young talent that had the same passion that I had stamped out. I'm back because there's a couple of scores to settle in that locker room. I'm back for the young guys. Darby Allen. That's a cool way that they did that to a Darby and Sting looking down from the rafters, even though Darby's corpsing a bit. Look right up the What's smart about the fact that they did that is that who knows how long Sting and Darby were there, but with all the CM Punk commotion, no one would have been looking. Right. You used you to be able to do things like that. that yeah, you used to be able to do things like that in wrestling when you had a, a star or an angle so over that you'd be able to slip somebody else in. Because you knew yeah. where they were right there, you know that's really cool. Because because they, they you hear him call his name and all you're thinking is okay, Darby's watching the screen or something. You don't think Darby's been up there this whole time? Which he probably was. Yeah, I love that shot though of them just of Sting and Darby just watching. I seen you. You're good. I've seen you jump out of airplanes. I've seen you wrapped up in a body bag and chucked over the top rope. I've seen you kick down a flight of stairs, and you always come back. Just like each and every person here in Chicago, you're tough. But I'm here to help. And you're the first on the list. I'm going to help you because you're a daredevil and you like danger. Well, Darby Allen, there is nothing you could do that is more dangerous than wrestling CM Punk. That is awesome. Except wrestling CM Punk in Chicago. Just at Cena. I will see you and I'll see Sting and I'll see all of you September 5th at All Out live on pay-per-view. I'm back. Well, that's huge. CM Punk back on pay-per-view. That is crazy. September 5th. Man, the chills are running up down my spine. Yeah, even JR cared. (laughs) Even JR cared, man. Even JR is exciting. I haven't heard JR care in so long, and I know he wants to. (laughs) Stupid. JR got chills from that. I feel like that should be like the gauge right there. Not Nick Gage, but like the gauge in which we measure things. See, you ain't even had to bring him up. You <laughs> I'm fooling, but yeah. I that, this was that was powerful, man. I, I really think that uh I guess we have to have trust, you know? If CM Punk can trust, then anybody can. Cause he doesn't trust anybody. <laughs> when you really look CM at it. CM Punk was like, This is the place I wanna be. Clearly they are doing something right. Yeah, pretty crazy. Pretty All crazy stuff. As a blockbuster of a match now because we get Punk and Darby Allen. Um, Thoughts, man. What? How do you feel watching that that moment? I never thought I'd see it happen, but I had. Oh my god! See, as a as just a combat sports fan in general, there are certain moments 
I remember exactly what the fuck I was doing. I remember where I was when fucking Hoist Gracie came back to fight Matt um Matt Hughes. I remember where I was when Chuck Liddell won his first light heavyweight championship. I remember where I was when Anderson Kisova came back from snapping his leg in fucking two. I, I remember where the fuck I was when CM Punk came back after seven years away. Yeah. And what was so funny is I remember for all those years, I never thought it was going to happen, but it was because we didn't have an AEW. I always thought it was when people used to be like, oh, Punk's coming back at the Rumble, Punk's coming back at the Rumble. It's like, but they killed his passion, so he's not coming back. AEW brought his passion back. And that right there, that's, that, that's, if that doesn't tell you that AEW is not that, how, how good of a job AEW has been doing, I don't know what does. And I've heard people say that uh, WWE really screwed up because this should have been their return. All they had to do was go to Punk and mend fences and, you know, all that other stuff. I don't believe that, though. Like, I don't think that... I think Punk would have seen right through them. Right. He, he knows they don't want him back because they give a shit about him. Yeah, like, imagine going to Punk during this. He would, which After I heard you fired rumors. Him on his wedding day, seven years earlier. I heard rumors that this was someone who did, made a last-minute pitch to get him over there to stop this from happening. You know, so who knows if that's true or not? Take it with a grain of salt. But either way, I think that if someone asked him, he would probably smile and be like, "Oh no, 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 no! Right. I I know what this is. Sorry. Like, <laughs> I I would hate to have to be the messenger. I'd rather die than to have to be the person who works in the WWE office that has to call or even or speak to him just to get shut down the way that they were going to get shut down. Ban that asshole. We don't buy followers here. We don't care how many followers we have as long as they're real. Oh, yeah. I was, I was too busy reveling in punk. As long as they participate and they engage with us. We don't care if it's four or four hundred. So get out of here with that follower stuff. We're not we're not uh, Twitch plebs. Or Twitch simps, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. We happen to have this simulcasting here, you know. But there are thousands on Spotify and iTunes, or whatever it's called, Apple Podcasts. Fucking buy follows. But yeah, it was it was so funny. (laughs) Maybe this is just me. It even when his music hit, it still didn't feel real until I saw him come out of that tunnel. Well, they didn't give me time for it to not feel real. It happened right away. Yeah, like, it was like I said before, the fucking Chicago crowd, I swear to God, that's my favorite crowd. The second Tony Khan said, we have something to prove, they, they already knew before that. But, it, and what was so cool about the, these CM Punk chants, these weren't the CM Punk chants we've been hearing for seven years, where you're just, just fucking with WWE and reminding them how they fucked up. This was CM Punk chants of, we're getting him back, and we're gonna make Make sure he knows we did not forget about him. And it worked. They did a really good job. This Very was like, powerful we fucking moment. missed you. <laughs> awesome, man. Now, uh, the story doesn't end there, though. Believe me. That's just the beginning of the story. You're just getting when, started, kid. When it comes to the CM Punk stuff. Um, so, just to report a little bit about what's going down here. He basically gave everybody free ice cream bars. Yeah, Everyone. after the show, he paid, paid for them out of his pocket. Yeah, and this is according to, uh, what what the hell is the name of this place? Pretty Cool Ice Cream. 
That's literally the name of the place on Instagram. Yeah, that's pretty cool, right? So pretty cool. <laughs> yes. going bad. You... <laughs> I I heard that easy shit just in the background. <laughs> that is pretty cool. You fucking silly. Okay, let's pop up their Instagram post here. I'm looking to hesitate. <laughs> it's called pretty cool ice cream. All here is are in the background. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Give me a second here. Okay. It says, uh, the big moment when CM Punk thanks his fans for, for waiting and to grab some ice cream on him. Were you there? Since we have been getting a lot of questions, yes, the ice cream was on him. It wasn't a publicity stunt dreamed up by promoters. He came to us on his own and asked us to help him do this two years ago. And finally, the moment was right. Our small team worked tirelessly to hand make every every bar. And CM Punk wrote the check for the entire bill himself. That's some real Chicago love right there. City of Big Shoulders and Big Heart. That's fucking awesome. We are back live. Oops, sorry. That was an accident. <laughs> that's deep, man. Right. Nuts. So that's exactly what happened there as far as that goes. Now, the ice cream was money, apparently. And what I mean by that is from what I'm seeing here, people are selling the wrappers to this ice cream on eBay, the open wrappers. Let me see what the hell we got here. Oh, my God. They really are. They out here. Yeah, give me a second to bring this up. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get the image to be large enough for us. Ice cream bar. There we go. Okay. Sorry, guys. There it is. There is the wrapper of the ice cream bars on eBay. Pretty cool ice cream bars. You, too, can lick the melted ice cream off off the inside of the wrapper. For sixty-five yeah. or $1,000. You see? That is wonderful, right? CM Punk definitely fit the bill, and somebody else is going to fit the bill for the rapper of that shit. To the moon! You're going straight to the unemployment line. You're broke ass. Yeah, right. So what, what, what frightens me about the $1,000 one is somebody out there is going to be like, yes. It's all mine. He also has the record for the most t-shirts sold from ProWrestlingTees.com in 24 hours. Also, and that's with their website crashing. Shout out to Mike Wade, who even in the Twitter comments, old friend of the show, mentioned to me as it was happening that the site crashed. So That's fucking bananas. AJ Lee tweeted out, go on, break the internet, boo. Quest Thompson's Facebook asked about, uh, will AJ Lee be in the company? I'm sure. I think so. I don't see any reason why not. I can, see, I can see them bringing her. Yeah, There's literally no reason for her. She would actually want to come, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> and just in case anybody want, needed confirmation that this is a, a work and not a shoot. I'm leaving AEW, and as promised, there it is. Thank you, CM Punk. <laughs> Good God. This is crazy. In my perfect world, hearing them still chanting, I just see a fucking target. You you know how it is when like, you leave like a wrestling event, you're going through the fucking parking lot, and it's just packed in. I can just see people with their windows down just still chanting. Quest makes a good point. If the rapper's going for that, he wonders if the shirt is on there too. Because that's true. You can't get that shirt, the one that says specifically that date and everything. I was there. Like you could get a variation off of Pearl Sinktees, but not that one. 
Right. That's probably, yeah, that's probably there. They said that the line for those shirts wrapped around the entire building. People probably bought one for themselves and then one to sell on eBay. That is you don't understand what this was like. This was pandemonium. It was Chicago banana. Does not fuck. When Chicago heard yeah, he's banana. coming back, they got ready. Like I said, it was absolutely banana. It was nuts. If one of y'all sings the song, I swear to fucking Christ. Nah, no one's singing anything. Okay, that's why I, I kill one of y'all. I swear. So fuck me up for life. Every time I hear somebody say banana, I look over like, don't fucking do it. It is on our social media. There you go. So the shirts are selling. Now we get to talk about something interesting. Going back over to SummerSlam for a minute. Do you know where I'm going with this already? I don't. I can't tell what you know, what you I don't know. Like, oh man, I might. Once I hear it, I'll probably know. Oh, then I have to make sure that you hear this properly, because there was one person who stole CM Punk's shirt design and wore it. Oh, yep, I know. And his name is John Cena. We don't have to hear this whole thing, but John Cena's shirt, right? John Cena shirt. John Cena shirt. You get this up on the screen. He copied Paul. He copied Paul. Now, for anyone that isn't from the 80s, Super Mario Brothers 3, that's literally what it is. CM Punk, a long time ago, had a shirt that was Super Mario Brothers 3, the cover of the box of the game. But instead of it being Mario, it's CM Punk being straight edge. And instead of the Nintendo seal, I don't know. There's something there. I can't see what the hell that is. As you can see, John Cena. Is that the shirt he had on at SummerSlam? At this SummerSlam? Not it is, right? SummerSlam, no. Let me see something here. Yeah, it is. Green one. This was the shirt he had. That Wait, that was it? Oh, shit. Talk about uh, And they do it when CM, Punk on the, when CM Punk returns. How funny is that? You know, if y'all spent more time fixing your product and not being petty, maybe Punk might have came back. Do you think it was an oversight or do you think they deliberately did that? Oh, they deliberately did that. Of course, they do shit like that all the time. Wow. Here's some more, shot, here's some more shots saying, in case you guys didn't get to see enough. All I'm saying is if anybody believes they didn't do that on purpose, just remember when Matt Hardy got that concussion in that last man standing match, Jeff got jumped and they made it apparent to make sure to know that Jeff was not knocked unconscious. Just saying. So after this happened this weekend, this is such a crazy world we live in, the Young Bucks got wind of it and they decided to join in on the fun. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> that's awesome what jerks <laughs> you think y'all, y'all think we all would learn stop fucking up around the box i love how the bucks they don't really quick. ever they don't ever say anything it's what they do that says everything you know what i mean like they didn't say anything about what they thought of puncture being be, being uh copied but this just says it. You know what I mean? Like how could, and, and it's perfect because there's two of them and they're Mario and Luigi colors. Right. That's like almost even a callback. Remember the Lee where it was his, who, whose birthday was it? It was, uh, I believe it was Nick's birthday. And he was like Luigi when they made oh, him the cake. Luigi, yeah. Luigi, but I always wanted to be Mario. <laughs> there's so many layers to this shirt. Oh my God. <laughs> they did say a fucking word there's so many messages to this shirt it's so deep oh my god i'm sorry i was trying to read the bottom underneath the nintendo thing or where the young bucks words are not the nintendo thing. 
killing the Ooh. business. It says killing the business in the Nintendo files. Trying to see because I knew it didn't wow. say Nintendo. I knew it didn't say Nintendo. I got closer. It says killing the business. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, God. They are so funny, man. <laughs> it's almost like we need there to be a WWE around just for shit like that. I mean, hey, if that's the only purpose they serve, it's perfectly fine for me. And they also showed how easy it is to steal a design, too. Right. <laughs> Man, this is this is too much. It's such a fun time. This is the best time in, like, the last 20 years to be a wrestling fan, to be honest with you. I can't think of a better time. There's three times in my life that I think I can't think of better times to have been a wrestling fan. One was the beginning of the Attitude Era. One was around between 2011 and 2014. And the other is now. I think those are the three shining spots in wrestling, honestly. The Attitude oh, Era yeah. and, and in 2011 to 2014 was sort of like the, the, the rise of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. And, and now, now is awesome. I'm so happy to be a wrestling fan right now. And I never thought I'd say that again. So, uh, they, wonderful. Yeah. So, of course, there's going to be heat about things that were said. Apparently, Roman Reigns spoke to Ariel Helwani. Oh, fucking Roman. Do you hear about this, too? Mm-hmm. Right, well, let's hear what Roman said in regards to the return. Getting back to John, one thing that has been talked about a lot, uh, the, the aforementioned CM Punk talked about it a lot as well, uh, about these guys who would leave and come back, leave and come back and get the big spot, right? They get the main event of WrestleMania and then they leave and come back. How do you feel about that? You're a constant. Uh, he's, you know, he's been gone. He's coming back. Who knows if he sticks around past SummerSlam? Do, do you, are you okay with that sort of thing, that sort of arrangement? The guys who over the last two decades or so have left and come back while the guys like you are in Tulsa and Charlotte and God knows where tomorrow night. Um, I can see it from both perspectives, but I think you've said it before, you know, that the high tide raises all the, all the boats, right? Everybody, everybody benefits. Um, so I do think there's that, that strange threshold, but I, I think, man, those statements are coming from bitter people you know, who possibly thought they were better than they really were. When it comes down to it, CM Punk was not as good or as over as a John Cena. Wasn't as good or as over uh, and moved the needle like The Rock. It was just what was what it was. From a full-time performer, I understand the frustration uh, and, and wanting more. But like I said before, you got to take it. I'm a man, I'm, 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 I'm a full, you know, full-time performer. Um, but I've done everything that needs to be done to stay in this position, to be in this position, to, to continue to, to make the opportunity for myself to be in a main event at SummerSlam against a John Cena. Um, and if anybody ever comes along to push, try to push me out of that, you know, scenario, I'm going I'm to fight like hell to keep, you know, the, the ground that I've that I've made. So um, it, it's just a, it, it's one of those debatable. We can go back and forth, uh, you know, and we can change our perspective if, if you're one of those type of people who can see it in, in a different set of eyes. But I, I just I really think um, if more eyeballs are being brought to our product and it, of course, it, it depends on who it is. But a guy like a John Cena who's starring in multiple movies this summer, um, you know, and, and when it comes down to it earn the right and he's at that portion of his career where he is a part-time performer i'm not going to complain i'm just going to capitalize on on him being here and, and everything that he brings uh, with that and that, that's that's my goal that's that's the whole that's the whole gimmick to me is this is john cena 
Why wouldn't I want to be in the ring? Why wouldn't I want him to come to me? You know what I mean? This is the biggest movie star of the summer right now. Why wouldn't, and he came to me, he came to the head of the, he came to Roman Reigns. He, he wanted to be in the ring with me. So I'm not going to complain about that. But I think other people who, who think, you know, they should have more or be more and aren't willing to actually do it, they're, they're going to they're gonna have a, you know, a different explanation than, than what I just did. What are your thoughts? Nice company answer, Roman. But, um, I mean, it's kind of easy for Roman to say that considering that when the Undertakers and the Brock Lesnar's and all these other guys come back, he gets to beat them. Whereas Punk was getting beaten by them left, right, and quarterback circle turn. And then to say he was never as over as Cena when during that run as WWE champion, I believe he was outselling Cena when it came to t-shirts. So it's like already doing more over. He was beat. I think Cena only beat him like a few times in that whole championship run up with a thousand times they fought each other. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about before, along with Daniel Bryan, CM Punk changed things in the WWE. When it came to the whole style, it wasn't about the big guys anymore when those guys hit their stride. So it's like, don't try to discredit everything he did for the business because he did quite a hell of a lot. And with Cena and The Rock, look at how long their careers lasted by this time. Yeah, you like to think they moved the fucking needle. Whereas Punk managed to do it with a pipe bomb and a championship run. Like, So... I mean, I hate to play statistics, but statistically speaking, we're going to get into statistics for a minute. Statistically speaking, Roman is correct. Uh, CM Punk was never as big as a John Cena. Different demographic. John Cena was at a certain point in his career um, basically catering to kids, which there are more children at the time in the WWE universe than the CM Punk demographic that was catering to an older audience. So we can say statistically, based on dates, tenure, and everything else, that he was never as over as a John Cena. That being said, organically and naturally, he was a hell of a lot closer than Roman Reigns even now is. Right. Roman just got this good. And also, Punk was never hated. Punk, even as an indie guy, was beloved by everyone. There was never a point in CM Punk's entire career where he was hated. He was over everywhere that he went from the beginning. It wasn't like someone had to construct him to be over. Like CM Punk was over and wherever he went, you got the benefit of him being there. Roman Reigns had to literally be constructed into being over. And this is taking nothing away because I love the tribal chief gimmick. But I mean, if we're going to talk the way he's talking, which is basically just statistics speaking... The the tribal chief gimmick is over now, and this is after years of them pushing. He had the whole company behind him, the power of his bloodline because they treat Samoans like royalty in that company, plus his rock being him being the rock's cousin factored into that shit. Don't tell me that it didn't. And that doesn't mean that he didn't eventually earn his way there. But he had a hell of an easier predetermined path because they were going to push him that way even when people didn't want it and even when it wasn't earned and even when he wasn't good and even when the matches weren't good and when even when the promos were bad you know what i mean so it's kind of like it's strange for him to say because yeah cm punk was never a john cena but he's not a john cena either he's not even close to being a john cena and more so than john cena roman reigns is a champion in a lot of ways and i hate to say but he's a champion of circumstance 
he happens to be the right in the right place at the right time. Who else is going to be champion? He's champion. Who? There's nobody else at this point. It's kind of like he's circumstantially, conveniently champion. And just to make my example even bigger, and this is just the final nail in the coffin since we're talking statistics and numbers. Do you think that last night, I'm sorry, felt like last night, it was Friday night. Do you think that Friday night, that if Roman Reigns' music hit and he came through the curtain in Chicago, that those fans would have had that reaction at the fact that they got a WWE guy? Not even fucking close. Do you think that guy would have been crying for Roman Reigns? Do you think anybody, even Roman Reigns fans, would feel comfortable crying around other wrestling fans for Roman Reigns? We're not at that point with Roman Reigns yet. We are not at a point where a man can cry about Roman Reigns in front of another man. Where there were only, there's only, we were at that point when he fucking wrestled Cena and money in the fucking bank. Yeah. There's only two ways that we would have ever gotten there. Thankfully, one of them that we didn't. And the other one is him being over. We are not at that point to cry for this man yet. And I'm not saying I don't like him. I love the tribal chief gimmick. But if he's, if the, if the bar is Cena, then he's missing by a lot more than CM Punk by a lot more. You know what I mean? Like there's, and there's, there's not really much that he can do about it. They fed him Brock Lesnar, sure, or whatever. It's just because of the times. Even if I was to take away all of the gifts that they've given Roman Reigns, the roster's just not over enough for him to be as over as a John Cena. Yeah, and it's like I said before, going back to the whole thing with like the guys who are part-timers. Lest we forget, one of the things CM Punk had a problem with was that these guys were showing up, beating him, and then leaving. Reigns basically got to run through Cena. He got to beat Taker at WrestleMania. Yeah, it took him a few times, but he got to beat Brock. Yeah, and like, it's like when, John when Cena... When these guys come back, Roman gets to beat them. So yeah, it doesn't look so fucking terrible from that end. John Cena is one of the few people that got to have a very transitional career. He's one of the last old new school people that exist. And what I mean by that is that I could watch a match of John Cena versus Roman Reigns. I could watch a match of John Cena versus Seth Rollins. I could also watch a match of John Cena versus Shawn Michaels. You know, I could watch a match of John Cena versus JBL or Eddie, you know. So it's one of those things where it's like you can't come. It's not fair to compare yourself to John fucking Cena, not just because of how over he was, but because of the resume that he allowed himself to build by coming in at the beginning of the ruthless aggression era slash end of the attitude era and being able to have his fucking pick of attitude era roster legends to get to wrestle for years and years before they transitioned out and the Ohio Valley guys are all transitioned in and then got to wrestle them for years and years and then when they got fucking transitioned out got to wrestle the NXT guys you can't like come on John Cena yeah CM Punk didn't get to have that but you definitely didn't and CM Punk came a lot closer before he first came to WWE he had already had his Samoa Joe match the fans you know what I mean? were backing yeah. The fans never stopped backing him. They just got behind you. Check yourself, sir, with these company and what is up with the world champions in, the, in this company with these company answers? That's what makes them world champions, man. That's like, literally say it, say it with your chest. Say, that's why I can never take it seriously when they say this shit. I see where like, he's coming from. He I see where he's coming you? from because again, I'm not disagreeing. I didn't disagree with him at all. He's right. John Cena, shit. You know, with that resume, that thing, this guy's been going. You know, it's crazy. It's like you're right. CM Punk didn't is, is not at that level. 
but he's he's like so much further there's probably other people that are closer than roman that are in rotation today right and like I, think, I think that i think that's what takes a little of the spark out of it for me it's a guy who's not even as close as punk was trying to talk about it so it's rollins like, as a baby face was close ambrose could have been close flash moxley as a baby face there were a lot of people that were over without us having to like repackage them and change their music and their hair and their sayings and their shirts and you know what i mean a lot of people just got over not for nothing i mean i hate to say it, but you know kevin owens they didn't give him shit just got over like sure he got to beat john cena he just got over though very naturally got over before that so you know i mean roman reigns isn't at a Chris Jericho level yet. And I'm not talking the current Jericho that's a bad. I'm talking like he's not at a, at a, at a Chris Jericho level, the one that debuted on, on WWE yet, mm-hmm. who was really known. You know what I mean? It's like if we're going to play who's who's bigger than who, there's a lot of people that Roman that, that, are, that are like at mid-card tier right now that have bigger names than Roman. So if CM Punk is not a John Cena, Roman Reigns is not a CM Punk, is all I'm saying. Paper, rock, scissors. <laughs> so and again this is not me trying to shit on the guy but i'm just saying that if we're going to do the math yeah. let's do all of the math let's do the food chain math that you're trying to do yes cm punk is not a john cena and you are not a cm punk or a daniel bryan so that's two guys that you're not and rollins is an infinitely better wrestler than him rollins is operating like on an adam cole Shawn michaels level of fucking wrestling always has been always will be it just so happens he that they have him in a room. even Taz before we knew what they were going to do to him. That's fucked up. No, no. Come on. Oh. That's not cool. I'm not going to put... Roman's a, a big star. I'm just saying that, like, he he chose, like, one of the biggest stars in the world to be like, well, he ain't him. You know what I mean? It's kind of, like, unfair to do. You know? That's like if I saw Destin at the at the gym pumping iron and shit, and I'm like, well, you, well, you know, you're not, you're not Roman. <laughs> like, you what? Like what? Why? What's so? Yeah. Like why is that the bar? Why is that comparison? You could jump six feet. You can't jump eight. All right. Yeah, I guess. I don't know what the fucking point of that was. You wondering who pissed in your coffee? Like, like CM Punk's not a John Cena, but is he a Roman Reigns? Sure. At the time of the Shield, if they would have just photoshopped you out and put him into that spot, the fans would have embraced it. They wouldn't have thought twice about it. And I, I know I'm sounding mean. I'm really not trying to, but I'm just putting into perspective. Like if one day during the Shield just thing, realistic. it would have been Punk instead of him. And then he didn't even come back to work ever to this day. I don't even know if people would have said anything outside of the business. I don't know if CM Punk fans and all the fans would have been like, what happened to Roman? You know the way you didn't notice Sting? Because fucking did you see a punk was in the ring, you know, sting in the rafters. I think they would have been that effect. You wouldn't have noticed Roman. So yeah, he's not. Yeah, CM Punk. He's by no means a John Cena. Again, if you look at John Cena's resume, John Cena wrestled Sabu. He was in an ECW one night stand. He got to wrestle against Edge in a feud. He was against Randy. Orton. Like good God, that fucking resume. He fought The Rock also. He beat Twice. The Rock. <laughs> he headlined WrestleMania with The Rock multiple times. He's headlined multiple WrestleManias. He beat Triple H. I mean Jesus. Like, how do you go for the high? I hate when people do shit like this. They try to say somebody's not somebody else, and they go for, like, the highest bar they can imagine. Like, no shit. Yeah, he's no fucking Goku. Like, bitch, it's a random <laughs> civilian. The fuck like, are you what the... Jeez. That, 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 that motherfucker picked that first universe that got eliminated in the fucking tournament of power and goals. They're no jeering. Like, for within the person's, you know, within what the person's tenure was you know even even piccolo gave mr satan props 
That was just so strange. I don't know. Was that the tribal chief speaking? Was he working? He must be working. There's no way that an intelligent man would answer something that way. Give them too much credit to think they're working. You want to keep that title. That's what it is. Gonna hold on to the title. Anyway, that being said, we're not done with the punk stuff yet. Well, we are somewhat, but we're still talking about AEW. Actually, we're not done with the punk stuff. I'm lying. I don't want to lie to you guys. The punk stuff is still very much active here. Um, After Rampage went off of the air, they did a little after celebration that included Sting, Darby Allin, Tony Khan, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston. I'm talking like a party. Not even kidding about this, man. This Wrestling Inc. shared this. I'm going to share the link with you guys on social media, but we're also going to check some of this out because you get promos from all of these people. How often do you get that? I said it over and over and over a million times every time I come through Chicago. There is no better crowd in the world. There is no better audience in the world. I ain't trying to suck anybody's dick. I'm being serious. I mean that to the bottom of my heart. I don't give a shit if it's the Allstate Arena, the Sears Center, where the hell is building the United Center. I don't care if it's the Episcopalian bingo hall down the street in front of 250 people. Chicago is the place for wrestling fans. That being said, you're going to have to do a little bit better than that right now because this is a special night. And we want you to be as loud as possible because we want people to hear it and everywhere in wrestling. Wrestling fans all over the world. Laps wrestling fans all over the world. Everybody else in this business, from Stanford to fucking Orlando, I want to hear the United Kingdom. I love Mox, man. Kiss 
victory party after like they won a war you know Chicago Crow definitely went home happy, man. And that is what is always going to make them top tier is they do all, all this cool shit and then they never at any point. How many times have we played af- African after credit shit with them? 
at no point do they ever let those fans forget how important they are. They don't do it through little, some little shitty vignette. They don't do it to having fucking Tony come out for like two seconds. They constantly remind those fans that they are as much of a reason that this thing is around as all the money, all the contracts, and all the other shit. They really do. It is, it is something special, it. man. But at the end of because because I don't know, it sounds like Tony was literally on the brink of just blubbering in tears because yeah, I mean, he's was, so happy that those fans never gave up on them. Those are great moments. They definitely uh they they really injected something special here into wrestling, you know. When you really look yeah. at it. Like I said, this Things is one of this not is, always work out well, but at the end of the day, that company has never not that company's always kept it kept, always kept it real with everybody. Yeah, I I mean it. So it's it's not a work, it's a shoot when I say this is the third most exciting time. Not not third as in rank, but this is the third time in my life that it's been exciting to be a wrestling fan. Attitude error, and yeah. like I said, 2011 which i don't even know if that had an error 2011 2014 the punk era i guess ironically <laughs> you know and uh and now now is really exciting and uh, the energy of it all made me watch a lot of this stuff live this was a can't miss week mm-hmm. so after that there was an aw media scrum with cm punk and tony khan this thing was long so i'm gonna link you guys to the whole thing and we're just going to go to like little key points of it just so that we could get an idea of hearing from CM Punk in regards rather than just hearing from the dirt sheets. You get to hear firsthand uh, experience in regards to why he's here, what his intentions are. That way you can say you hear it from the person and not from a third source, you know. Anyway, let me uh, look at this and see how I could bring this up here. Um, I tried to timestamp a, a few of the more relevant questions that the uh, the Internet has here. As I went through and reviewed this and get the, some of the chuff out of the way. I'm back. Uh, I guess the real question is, is what what changed um, from a couple of years ago? You've talked about how the door has been open for you to make a comeback if you wanted to. But you were kind of hesitant. And you mentioned that you talked with Tony uh, back in 2019 about, hey, maybe maybe this something does happen. What what where did the switch flip? That's like, hey, now. I think we yeah. talked in 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and spoil the fact. I've been talking to Tony for probably a year and a half about this. But yeah, a long time. You know what I mean? And it, it, some some girls are, uh, are are easy to get in the bed. I am not. Nope. I need I need to be wind and dined. And that's not, that's not a, oh, I need more money and less dates. And, oh, I need this and I need that. It was literally just talking to Tony and getting to know him. And the more people that he employed that I knew, I'd ask questions. They'd tell me things. Um, I've I've been in the game for for a few minutes, you know. So I've seen, and and I think I traced it back to, especially since the downfall of ECW. Every six months to a year, somebody pops up. I have money, and we're going to have TV, and we're going to use all the ECW guys. This is not a slight on Tony at all. It's more of a it's more of a slight on me being a paranoid, neurotic, anxiety-ridden, very careful person. Um, and I wasn't in a hurry. And the pandemic kind of helped that out. You know what I mean? I knew I couldn't debut if there's no people in the in the building. So I always say timing is everything. And there were a lot of happy accidents along the way that made this possible. So that was 
part of what was said in regards to what did it he elaborates more they go into a little bit of a small talk here but let's jump ahead he elaborates a bit more um put them right here this is my way to say thank you to the fans this is personal for me um and t- timing's everything it just it felt right you know when i left ring of honor this is serious i did not want to go I, I, but i felt i couldn't stay and you can't really explain that to people it's just something you know you live through and when i was sick and tired and hurt and i realized that like these people wouldn't care if I died today. They would, there'd be another show tomorrow. And I knew I had to remove me myself from the situation. Um, I didn't know how long it was going to take for, for me to heal, you know? Uh, and then this came along and credit to everybody involved in AEW. Uh, it, it, it reminded me of places I used to work that I loved where it was not about, um, it was just more about the spirit of the thing, you know, and, and this, it, 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 instead of feeling like a house, it felt like a home. And this is, uh, this is the best way I can possibly describe it. Yeah. When you look at that, happy and excited with light in his eyes again, like he said, it felt like a home. It felt like a home. So we were right about that as well. You know, the cat game works, man. Bring in all the magic hats. It's like it keeps coming back as a fucking cat game. It works. Because it's nobody's business. A lot of respect for everybody. Yeah, let me go back a little bit on this one. You got to hear this. This is really good. You know, this kind of goes back to one of the appealing uh, things about AEW for me. And it's a bit of a bummer of a topic. Brody Lee passes away, right? Come to find out that he was sick. But nobody knew. Nobody said anything to anybody. Because it's nobody's business. A lot of respect for everybody back here. I knew Brody. I love Brody. So seeing that, I was like, I mean, there, there's something about that, you know. Like, if that was any anywhere else, it'd be all over the, the the internet. His poor wife would have to be dealing with that on top of already dealing with this tragic event. So I think everybody would ask Tony, and Tony would say the same thing. Yeah, I, so I would say the same thing. She I can't tell me. you that. I can't tell you that, but you get it. But we also don't want to beat you over the head with it and lie. You know, I didn't have them um, construct some fugazi pipe and drape and drive me into the United Center and hide me from everybody. No, I walked in here like a like a human being. And I was like, hey, everybody. And I was meeting people walking to the hallway because I just think these people, again, nobody's back here standing on their own dick. Like Everybody's getting out of their own way, like just letting stuff happen and having fun. Behind the camera and in front of the camera. People that is amazing. And they just want to be a part of it. That's it. So nobody's trying to, you know, tweet and spoil stuff. Like, let's just all have fun. Like, we get it, you know. So I, I think a lot of people back here were in on it. They knew I was going to be here, but they weren't sure. And, man, isn't that fun? Isn't that, isn't that fun? Worst, worst, worst kept secret designed that way for a reason. You can criticize and say, well, they should have advertised. Maybe the ratings will be better. It's about the moments. It's about the moments and making people go, man, I can't miss the show. I don't know what's going to happen. This is fun, and I want to be a part of it. Man. A lot Mission of, uh, fucking accomplished. This is really heavy stuff. Yeah. Really, really heavy stuff. And uh, yeah, standing on their own dicks. <laughs> I've it never heard that before. At all. I've never heard that before, you know? Right. It really shocked me. 
I didn't even know that WWE had black producers backstage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just had that. I knew you were going there, but I held on a slight bit of hope you would. Only slight. It's satire, folks. Don't don't hate on us for that. It's just satire. We're not serious. I know very well that black people would not stand on their own dicks. They would tuck it back. It's just not comfortable. It's <laughs> fun about that, right? Anyway, let us continue here. We're going to jump a little bit forward. Again, I highly recommend I'm sharing this on social media. Where listen to the whole thing if you have the time. Drive to work and listen to it. It's very informative. Talk a little bit more about his departure from WWE. I'm sorry. We're live. I'm trying. Yes. It's so good to have him back. Like I, oh, think, I, I thought I was never going to watch him in that express match. I could listen to Steve Austin, stunning or otherwise, cut promos. I, I just think there needs to be a real distinction made of what I despised, and it wasn't. It wasn't professional wrestling, and they don't try to pretend that it is. So why are we going to continue to try to pretend that that's what it is? Because it's not. So if everybody's happy going forward we're pro wrestling and i think that's uh that's a beautiful thing yep see they're wrestling and uh then when he was asked who he's interested in what 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 kind of things is he interested in doing essentially he he's pretty direct about who he who he likes in the company which i also thought was interesting to hear um so here's just some name drops from cm punk yes 100 percent um i get excited about the prospect of me working with Pillman, Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, John Moxley. Never worked with a John Moxley before. Um, I mean, I mean, literally, there's everybody. I've never done anything with the Young Bucks. I've never stepped in the ring with Kenny Omega. I think there's so many GT I think was what people will call them, but just dream situations. You know, and I didn't think about it. he hasn't stepped in a Kenny Omega. He's right there too. But I do like the fact you're right. He decanonized fucking Ambrose. I've never, yeah. I've never <laughs> stepped in a ring with a Moxley before. That's beautiful. Like you, 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 like, you like that character doesn't exist. Who knows who else is coming? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you you probably know you you're the boss and all that. But there's just different combinations that I think people can get excited about, and it's. I love that he said, "Who knows who else is coming?" You see, caught that there. These guys are on fire, man. Because it's funny because he kind of alludes to it, but it's also true. We also, besides the obvious ones, we don't know who else is going to come. This is this is like the most exciting shit that's happened in like forever. It, it's it, it, it's it just, the only it company live. where it feels like there's no, still a level like, of I'm unpredictability. To here. I'm excited to, to be here. Um, I, I said it out there in the promo. I'm, I'm here for the fans. I'm here for me. I'm not a liar. I'm not going to lie. Like, I... Uh, it, 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 you tell me this can be fun again and I can go out there and have the time of my life. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the juice for me, you know? Um, and I think it's limitless possibilities. I, I, I really do believe that. It, it feels like an environment where anything can happen. Love live TV. Let's have fun. Yeah, this is, this is a great sales pitch too. You can come here and have fun or you can go there and almost get fired. Lastly, uh, not really lastly, but yeah, lastly, they talk a little bit about what he's going to do if he's going to wrestle anywhere else. Is he has plans on just being AEW? Like, how does this work for him? And what he had to say about that. I'm an AEW guy. You know, I'm not, 
Listen, guys, I just came back. You're trying to book me on in all these damn different territories already. Um, I have freedom here to continue to do outside endeavors, like my commentary with, with CFFC, and the schedule here enables me um, not only scheduling-wise, but also just, I mean, main event talent-wise. Like, I don't have to be on every show, just the way now, like, Omega and the Bucks aren't on every show. The talent roster is so deep, you could give people time off if their wife's having a baby. You you know, like, it's to me, that's a, a novel concept that should be embraced. And really, credit to this guy for allowing stuff like that to happen. Um, I think he gets uh, pole position regarding things I do. Um, if he tells me he wants me to go be in the G1, we'll talk about it. But I'm here. That's a lot of matches. Yeah. I said, well, <laughs> I'm here to be uh, an AEW guy. I'm here to be a TNT guy um, in front of the camera and behind the camera. And I, I know, I think it's great. Forbidden Door, working with TNA, Impact, and all these other things. Um, and maybe somewhere down the line, I will fit into that. But right now, like I said, I just jumped into this pool. Let me swim in this pool before we, you know, I get out, towel off, jump into the sauna or, or, or whatnot. Like I'm an AEW guy. Yeah, that. Yeah, the more you hear of it, the more exciting it is, right? There are so many limitless possibilities. He could do so many different things. And I love the fact that I, I didn't even know. If I was wondering how would he be open to working because there's such a close partnership right now between Impact and AEW and he he threw it out there, you know what I mean? This guy's willing to work with those guys and I kind of feel like those guys need it because they have a good talent roster right now. They just don't have a good position. They don't have a good TV deal. They don't have a, a good set or anything. But that roster over there has come along, man. They have Mickey James and a lot of good people there. Um, from the past, they have a lot of the younger guys that are coming through. So it's really cool that this that, that uh, Punk he he does say during this that he's all he's gonna be like a Terry Funk in a sense. He's gonna be that guy who when he's not in in the front, he'll he'll help people in the back and do things. And I I think this is a big deal, man. I think that yeah. this is like literally this is like the the second time in my life. I, I know I said there were three errors, but this is the second time in my life that there was a huge acquisition, like since like Hogan with the NWO. You know what I mean? Like this is a big fucking deal you know this changes everything like this is this this is like one person can make that big of a difference and it's weird because as, as much as Roma was saying like he's not a John Cena that's the thing that's the whole point he doesn't have to be a John Cena he has to be a CM Punk you know because the same way John Cena couldn't be here and Roman couldn't be here and be that over he couldn't be there and be that over you know what I mean it's like the two environments would never match could Roman Reigns thrive here no Just you know swallowed up so quickly what I like about AEW for the most part is that the people who they seem to put into the company fit a certain criteria. And that criteria, like I've said many times on this program since the start of this program, started with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan being in WWE. That, that moment, people look at that, and I guess younger people look at it for the wrong reasons. And I've said this on here before. But that moment in, in, on Raw where he crossed his legs and he sat at the top of the steps, that changed everything. And it wasn't just that because it was a... changed the whole game. Yeah, and it wasn't because of the pipe bomb for the things he was saying about his bean-headed son or whatever, or stupid daughter. It was literally the message in there, the underlying message in that promo and the tone of everything from that moment changed. If it hadn't been for that shit, man, I'm pretty certain that 
people like myself and you would still be talking about uh ring of honor and shit like that to just deep in the guys when we used to talk about pwg and i used to you know review all that stuff like back when there was time it sucks that i can't do it anymore but back when everyone only knew about raw and smackdown when we didn't have all this shit if you go listen to all episodes what did we do it was raw smackdown evolve raw smackdown pwg you know i mean it was always something like that these guys the people who i'm seeing on this roster for the most part minus the jungle boys and the sunny kisses and stuff like that the people that i'm seeing on this roster are the people who we've been following through all of the reviews of Talk Brunch from the very beginning, aside from the ones that they didn't get yet, like the Garganos, uh, which I'm surprised, you know, and I can't even really say the Rich Swans or the, or the Willie Max because in a way, you know what, they're here. They're in, they're in Impact, which is in very close proximity. You know, how many, you know how many matches I've watched of Willie Mac and Rich Swan together as tag team before anybody knew that they, that they existed? I, I, I paid Matt for, for, for that kind of shit paid money like when it wasn't known on a friday night when there wasn't going to be thousands of people when there were going to be like 12 people in a bingo hall we would buy these i-pay-per-views of these guys that are here for 15 20 dollars even shimmer and shine if i don't do my, my pay records on my bank which i won't but even shimmer and shine like you know we, we would support it because there wasn't an eye on this talent it's no coincidence to me that they all wound up here. Even guys that I never in my wildest dreams imagined that I just had a personal uh, fondness of, like Cody Rhodes. How many times have you heard me back when he was the masked, broken Cody Rhodes and all that other shit, putting the guy over, making him the top guy in my universe or people like that, you know? It's no coincidence that those like-minded people all wound up in this place. And CM Punk is a natural fit because I really feel he was the beginning of the progression into indie wrestling, getting the exposure needed to become NXT and AEW. And Daniel Bryan was was following in suit with that. So, yeah, this is a big, big acquisition, not just because it's a guy who was big, but because of how he's, it's the environment that always needed to be there for a guy like that. That is almost, I almost want to say exist as a result of him, you know? They, he, the small guys and the guys who are like him, that the reason NXT did that and the reason the indies became like that is because they drew attention to it, man. And it's like, this is something that they earned. You know, he earned that spot. Like, I kind of feel like that seat belongs to him. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, that's, it's not so much that he came to AEW so much as he took his rightful place in AEW. You know what I mean? This whole shit started years ago. As a fan who's watched this my entire life, three plus decades, this whole shit started with that with CM Punk, and, and I feel like it came full force, and timing is everything, and I'm glad that he said that, because going back to the cat metaphor, whether we're correct or not, that is what happened, he filled the house with magical fucking cats, and now it is possible, just tinfoiling here again, that everyone just had the same thought at the same time, which was now is the time to strike, it could have simply been, I mean, any, it does, I'm, I'm saying it, I don't know corporate stuff, I know it's to some level, but and he, it, it, this is simply, this is basic business 101 in a lot of ways. I think for Punk, him, and everybody else. Now is a perfect time for all of this to happen. Timing is everything. I couldn't think of a better time to do something like this. Your competition is releasing all of their top talent all over the place. People are in turmoil, going to work with anxiety. Podcasters and people who report on the shit and streamers are just stressed out thinking about the shit that's going on. I couldn't think of a fucking better time to throw a grenade in this. Like, as a wrestling fan, I couldn't think of a better time. And they had that had to factor into it. As much as they, they, they've been talking for a long time and everything, and yeah, crowds coming back and, and no longer having social distancing factored in, I 
genuinely from the bottom of my heart feel that a lot of also what factored into this was WWE fucking up. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean they by timing is everything. All of this on themselves. That's what I mean by timing is everything. If I was punk and I had an axe to grind with them, which even if it's not a direct axe, it's an indirect accent at this point, which what I mean is he moved on, but I don't think he wishes them well on their future endeavors. As someone in Punk's position, who wouldn't use this? This would be the perfect, the last thing they need with what they're doing is this to happen. This is the worst case scenario for them. You know what I mean? I said that before. On top of everything they're doing, this is worst case scenario because every person that they released that they said had no stock, oh, perhaps we can give them some more talent. Perhaps you can. You did because those people's stock has risen. Because now the combination of matches like we, that we just named, we can have a Kenny Omega match, we could have a John Moxie match, we could have, you know what I mean? It's kind of like when you say shit like that, oh, perhaps we can give them some more. You, you, you literally did. I watched you. As someone who's watched this my entire life, I watched you give them all of the tools necessary after they already had all of the tools necessary. So now it's just extra. You gave them backups. When like, it's like, break. like it's like this company is never going away now. You've given people exactly what you shouldn't have as a company. You've given them a, a true alternative. And what I mean by an alternative here is now people can actually make a decision to just not watch one thing for the other. That's kind of scary. Before, if you were watching one thing and not the other, it almost felt like it was you were on a smaller, you, you were a smaller thing. It felt indie, less big time. Now it kind of feels like you're choosing between two big companies again. They should have never done that because, because people can just people to the other side. They got comfortable with there being nothing else. People could turn the shit off now, man. I don't have to put up with Mondays. As a matter of fact, Talk Brunch, one of the things people, I've said it before, and when you look up forums, people say they like the show because we talk about everything. To be quite honest, they put themselves in a position where if I wanted to be a dick about it, I could just run them off and just be like, you know what? Until they get their shit together, we're just going to focus on where the action is. Like, not going to do that. Understand, people, this show's the only reason I still watch Raw before AEW showed up. Would it be shorter? I a reason not to that. Would it be shorter if we cut out all of the chaffa? Sure. Would it be shorter if we stop analyzing the stuff that we don't enjoy? Sure. But would we miss key things like when they do copy somebody's shirt or when they do steal someone's promo or gimmick or give somebody a, a catchphrase or, or whatever? You know what I mean? Like we That's the thing. You got to suffer through to be able to see the, the, the corporate tactical strategy from both sides here because the creative is a part of the corporate, whether you like it or not. And if we decided to come on here and be like some podcast that go, oh, we only talk about this or we only talk about that, then you miss the big picture. And that's what we're really here for is this big picture of who's doing, who's moving all their pieces around this board in what way. And how is it affecting them? If we would have turned the blind eye to everything WWE did, and a lot of you have, oh, I don't watch the product, I don't keep up, it's like, then you wouldn't have been able to make sense out of what just happened. It's almost like if you're watching football without understanding how, like, first down works and how getting sacked works and, you know what I mean, like the fourth fourth down and the importance of it. It's going to mean more to someone who's been watching the play from the beginning that now knows that this is fourth down and that they need to either get a pass or whatever. You know what I mean? Because if they don't, it's going to be a turnover. So it's like when you watch it and you understand those rules, this play is more important to you because you understand the logic of what it would mean. The ball will go to the other team. They would be closer to the goal now because they decided to fail the fucking pass instead of kick it. There's so many things. You might not even know what I'm talking about. I'm not even that big of a sports guy, but I understand the rules of every sport. That being said, business and... uh. WWE wrestling territories that's somewhat of a sport too so when you're looking at it 
you wouldn't be able to understand the tactical position that AEW put themselves in without watching a WWE fuck up so much for all these weeks. So it made it worth it. At least that's the way I look at it. Yeah. This is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. And it happened like that. It happened overnight. Think of it now. You know, and it's not something, and that's the, that's the exciting part about it. It's not something that's going to go away. It's not like we're going to turn this off and then tomorrow it'll be normal again. Like it sometimes is with the other company where, yeah, we were, that was great. Hope it's not. No, man, this is like, this is all pretty much, we're on this ride now. You know what I mean? Like there ain't no more normal. So I'm very excited to see what, what happened here. And that couldn't have been done better. This was executed perfectly. You would think that they planned this for months and months as far as the execution of the show with how clean it came together. You know, but I'm definitely, you know, I'm definitely happy and proud to be a wrestling fan. I've told you guys many times over the years that my hobbies and interests, they're, they're, they vary. I have so many. I'm a gamer. I, I love comics, anime, wrestling, novels, books, anything. You know what I mean? I, I, I like to sort of dip my toes into everything. And I've always said that there are times doing this show where thing, different things have prioritized in my life. There's times I've done the show and, oh, Destin's more into it than me. I'm sort of, he gets me into it talking about the stuff because he'll bring up things or, or milestones that people hit that I didn't know and then I get more into it. Or maybe inadvertently, I'll do it. I don't know. But the point being that sometimes maybe I'm more interested in gaming this month or I'm, I'm more my director here. This is the first time in years since putting this together where, yeah, my interest, my, my crosshairs is on wrestling. Like, I'm actually excited off the air, too, now, where I'm, I'm back to being, I guess, a fan, as well as a content creator, where I'm genuinely interested, you know. I've been watching wrestling for fun, again. And, yeah, a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it had to do with CM Punk, and a huge amount had to do with uh, just the, uh, the amount of talent that's gotten released into the world that can now go and, and reinvigorate the, the entire wrestling planet. Right, a company that's selfish and only worried about themselves in they inadvertently basically almost just basically refueled the rest of the wrestling world that's actually trying to help everybody out and and punk is right he doesn't have to be there every week he's going to be on tv like he doesn't have to though because as you saw one of the coolest things that we played tonight was the promo at the end after it wasn't even on television he wasn't there for that and that was just cool still like hearing moxley and, and kingston everybody talking that was just that was another cool moment in the same show and it just goes to show that everybody's carrying equally here you know like Khan pointed out, not one person, they didn't, they didn't advertise anyone there. They all bought those tickets on faith. They sold that place out on the faith of just knowing that this was going to work out. Right. Nobody said, hey, Punk's going to be there. They, they showed up in the possibility of knowing there's multiple of these Chicago shows. He's going to be at one of them. Whether or not this was psychological or not, the way that they handled those other debuts worked in their advantage because every other debut they announced for sure, they gave a date, they showed the person, even on Twitter, even the minor league people, like from the indies, this person is all in, Sarah J is all in, Jungle Boy is all in, Marco Stunt, for months, every time someone's all in, you see that background with them posing in the all in on Twitter before they do it on the show. This was, a tactical, was. this was a tactical advantage because when it was time for punks, like they said, it was the worst, it was the best worst kept secret in a lot of ways because is punk all in? Oh, we can't say. That's the first time that they did that. Couldn't have been handled better. Not in the least. Like yeah. that, this was incredible. Like everyone who's been hanging in there and just dealing with mediocre wrestling and been tolerating things and our patience, I think all of your patience is about to start paying off on a regular, not even weekly, daily basis with all the programming. So it's time to just start sitting back and enjoying it. Rampage brought in 1,129,000 fans. 692,000 of those were in the 18 to 49 demographic, 0.53 rating. 107,000 views in Canada. 75,000 of those were in the 25 to 54 demographic. 
way up from the previous week for obvious reasons. So I know I keep you guys waiting sometimes with this show and I apologize for that, but that is literally what I am doing when I am not here. I'm making sure that I've looked through all of these things, watched all of these interviews and picked out the parts that we're going to want to discuss and be aware of. Never just because I'm eating pound cake and, you know, watching freaking Chris Lee knows best. I love how you had to bring that back into my life. That's what always comes on after the shit ends, you know? So there it is. There's your punk fix for the week, guys. Or for the, yeah. probably for the week, because I think we're going to be talking about new things every week. It's going to be just like this when Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt show up. Oh, yeah. You know, which I believe uh, there was, a, I, I don't know if you saw, but it looked like Bray was in the crowd. Uh, was he, though? It looked like him. Yeah, I'm not sure. I heard about that, but I wasn't sure if Bray was actually there. It would be weird that there would be no cameras on him. I don't think it was, though. I think there would have been more shots of him or something like that. Still but, somebody with a Bray Wyatt-esque haircut, that's for sure. Yeah, but since we are talking about Bray, let's switch gears over for a quick minute because there was some information in regards to Bray Wyatt. Uh, let's have a look. According to, uh, if you guys recall, uh, former WWE producer Freddie Prince Jr., who is a very reliable source because if anybody knows WWE, you guys know that Freddie Prince Jr. was the producer for a long time. Like he was one of the biggest guys. You probably don't, you probably know him from places that are not WWE, as a matter of fact. That being said, he's quoted as saying, I can't tell you everything I know. I know Bray. I wouldn't say we're friends, but we're acquaintances, but I still have friends at the company. Like I said earlier, if you're willing to work a specific way, then even if you had a bad match in the eyes of the top two dudes at the company, it's a good match because you're doing business their way. If you're, if you're wanting to step out of that lane and widen your river or just show there's some other streams, even if you have a great match, it's just a good match. And when you stick to your guns time and time again, they're going to stick to theirs. Look, Vince is a product of the 80s. It's Reaganomics. When there's a problem, he throws money at it. It's an old school way of thinking. It's something. It sometimes works. It sometimes doesn't. But there, but there are men that will. That, but there are men that will double down. Him and Kevin, for better or worse, will always double down. And I don't think Bray had a good enough hand to play poker with them. With them at that game, and that's why he lost the first time in a weird way in Saudi Arabia. And that's why things kind of went south from there. So that's from Freddie Prince Jr. himself. And again, there's someone who has connections within the business. So. You know, there's a little bit more. We we heard that the Vince relationship with him soured in a lot of ways. He probably wanted more creative yeah, control, yeah. which they hate giving him. This is more personal, the Bray thing. So it's kind of like we're mixing two things here because we're like, how could WWE do this? How could WWE do this? This one's personal. You know what I mean? We don't know the details, but Vince has had issues with people in the past. It's not new to me. He did it with Warrior. He did it with Mantra at one time. He's had issues with fucking, uh, who was the mayor? What's his name? How am I forgetting his name now? No, not good. Not, am, I, am I thinking Andrew Yang? No, no, what's his name? Why am I forgetting? I'm not not Glenn Jacobs, the other guy who became mayor or whatever. Oh shit. I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. His name's just suddenly dying. I mean you guys are gonna know. You're you have better younger brains than I do. But he had issues with that guy. Nobody? Nobody's gonna know it in the chat. See, once I once I hear mayor, I'm just like, oh, oh fuck with It's gonna bother me forever. But he had issues with that guy because that guy was gonna go and do a movie or something. And like Vince didn't want him to. God, that's going to torture me. <laughs> I feel so terrible forgetting his name. That's how late it is, guys. It's almost four in the morning. Yeah. And we're coming off the tail end of an insane week of wrestling. So uh, everybody's... Jesse. Jesse the Body Ventura. Jesse the Body Ventura. Thank you, Stacey. You know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you. You're going to laugh at this. If you would have said the conspiracy theory guy, I would have got it. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, we freaking, we're coming off of... Probably one of the most wild week of wrestling. Yeah, everybody's on fumes at this point. 
Yeah, tell me about it. So uh, I'm going to try to run through some of these stories real quick. So NXT's relationship, according to Wrestling Observer, with Full Sail is completely over. Um, they taped a, at least the next month ahead of time so that they can use that time to upgrade the Performance Center. Uh, so they're going to be done as far as Full Sail goes. Tapings are not permanent, to clarify from last week. These are, this was just in order to do that. Then they're going to go back to live tapings. And, as, and according to Nick Khan in that same interview I linked you guys to, he was quoted as telling Ariel Hawani that in terms of the NXT rebranding, look for it in the next couple of weeks. It's going to have a whole new look. It's going to have a whole new feel. And they believe that because the indie wrestlers, if you will, have come through their system and they're on SmackDown and Raw now, that they want to keep doing that same thing. And they want to look elsewhere for great young talent. They said the look of the show, the production, everything's going to change. This is from that same interview. You could click that and have time to run that here. But that's just a quote from there if you want to go listen to the whole thing. So they already said yesterday. So I just said this. It's going back to live after these four weeks of taping. Now, it's interesting that they're saying that they're going to keep picking the indies, you know, like after releasing so many guys, you know, because. uh, Yeah, I I think I heard somewhere that they wanted to raid CMLL's talent. They're looking for everything. Triple H. Um apparently said that the company offered 13 to 16 attendees at the Las Vegas tryouts contracts. 16 people were offered contracts, according to that. You know, and just in case uh, you were wondering if they legitimately offered these people contracts or if they're just in talks or anything, here's the video of Triple H (laughs) giving them all contracts. (laughs) Yo, this is This is like four minutes. There's a lot of motherfuckers getting contracts here, so I can't go through the whole thing. But just to jump across so you can see some of them here. Faith Jeffries, WWE recruit. I don't know who this. Natalie Holland. Jesse Chase Cruz. Jamara Garrett. And whatever we can do to help that. I think we made it, baby. At the beginning. Such an honor, and I'm Sydney, so Sydney, cool Zemriel, Zem- Zem- I didn't sure. want to go in thinking like, like I was full get called in. I'm just over. Thank you all so much. Thank James Barron Jr. Congratulations. Jaylen Williams. I mean, Yumo is crying there. Brooke Walter. This is a blessing. Jake Jacoby Brooks. I still, I still can't believe I'm here. It's yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Kelly Morga. Thank you. Randy Beidelscheiss. Don't have that really. Could have got that one wrong. So, there you go. Thoughts? Okay. Good luck, guys and gals. Let's hope that contract doesn't end getting released. Yeah, like I keep telling people, it's in our best interest for wrestling to do good for everyone. I would like all the brands to do good. You know, I would have liked for everything to work out. It doesn't look like it's going to go that way, you know. But yeah, it's kind of it kind of sucks, though, to watch them release that many people and then bring in a bunch of rookies all at the same time, you know. And we've seen numerous occasions of people not even making out of that performance center and getting released. The whole point of the performance center and NXT was to build new talent for the future. Now the future is literally now. As much as that's going to bite them in there, the future is now. The talent you should were growing for the last decade needed to now step up. And now you're recruiting talent. 
when you have competition at your fucking doorstep. That's really great. You fired everybody that had experience, that was trained. And they and you know what? WWE does have really good training regimens. I'm not going to lie about that. Now those people are over in another company giving sharing the wealth. You train them for another fucking company. And now you're back in the training phases, like I said, DC style, having to start all the way from the <laughs> beginning, not able to catch up with Marvel who already established long-term fucking plans. Not a good position to be in. The brunt of the weight of that, that mistake is going to go on these rookie shoulders while you're blaming them and repackaging them. I hate to be negative about it, and I hope that's not their faith, but their fate. But, you know, <sighs> what can you say? Yeah, that much to say at this point. I mean, hopefully things start to get better, but I think that would involve WWE getting their head out of their own ass for about two seconds. But, yeah, it's 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 the best for everything to do good because then you don't have to worry about who likes what who hates what like everything's just good mm-hmm. exactly all right well we are moving along to some of the potential people that you're going to be seeing in the future in some of these companies because a few people have dropped videos one of them being ruby riot Apparently, we're hearing that she's AEW bound. I don't know how confirmed this is, but it sounds pretty confirmed. Yeah, I've been hearing it too. Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty final to me. Um, that being said, Ruby Riot dropped this video. glasses that's not the train you were meant for this says the runaway at the end well stasis who said that's not the train you meant for she didn't say that but just letting you know uh anyway now we're gonna cut this here if you're listening on demand i know some of this you can't see i highly recommend you join one of our live chat rooms you don't know what you're missing even if you come back it's on demand everything we do is on demand you can go on facebook or Twitch. If you don't see it on one service, go to the other. There's an on-demand section that's automatically generated before it even the podcast version hits. Podcast shit on there. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, podcast version by default is designed to be shorter since it's audio only, and you don't lose any audio. You just lose like the pauses in between where we're queuing up the videos, and there's no there's no sound, so you kind of get half an hour of your life back there. Ruby Riot. What do you think they're gonna do with her? Oh, that's a good question. Actually, I mean, you could. You could throw her in there with just about any of the girls. And she would Stasis, be quite... Stasis says that Tony Khan should give her the song Runaway Train. Oh, my God. It'll pay for the music, let's be real. But, but yeah, um, man. I was, I, I'm, I'm genuinely actually curious who they throw her in there with. with um, who they throw her in there with first. Like, if she wouldn't want to jump it over. Yeah, so am I. It's, it's good to have that. You know, they need to fortify yeah. that women's roster. I mean, you hey, that, it would be quite the addition. Mm-hmm. And in other news, Buddy Murphy released part two. If you guys recall, I think we played part one on here, right? Yeah. 
This is part two of him, of his character, which I like it, but there's too many looks familiar. There's too many characters doing this gimmick of being in straight jackets and stuff. But uh, here is here is the uh, the thing. out of a truck for those of you on the podcast not my problem anymore and that's the guy who used to do the wwe music the cameron grind desire william just like last time there's a continuation from the one we shared a few weeks ago somewhere I'm saying this, boys, but uncuff them. WWE stuff? I think so. Or is that his current ring attire?
you're free now. Buddy Matthews. Surprise he kept Buddy. Yeah. I like that. That was well done. I shared both sides to social media. Social media. That was a double one, but I combined yeah. it before we got on here. What I like about that is it conveys kind of them feeling like they were in a prison when they were in the WWE. And now they're out and free to do whatever they want to do. Yeah, Moxley did it. I kind of feel like Malachi Black was in a mental institution. Actually, interesting little thing. Josiah Williams, who was in this, he, he was literally playing the same role he played in, Mal- in Malachi Black's videos. So that's why a lot of people are thinking he's going that um, Buddy Matthews is going to AEW now because they almost had the same scenario. Yeah. Well, that'll see what I mean about the, the infinite comedy. Imagine having Murphy versus Punk. Murphy's There's pretty so good. Much or Matthews, rather. In combinations. And the good thing about it is because there's so many people, when somebody gets done with something, you can just rotate them out. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting to see. And in another move, another shift of landscape, Rick fucking Flair is returning to the brand that he made popular to the to the title to the very title exactly the nwa the very title that is synonymous with the name rick flair and this was the advertisement that they put up for it The NWAs had so many transitions over my lifetime. I remember back in the day, back world class, before it became the WCW that we knew during the Monday Night Wars, that was the NWA WCW championship before they separated it off from there. Um, Then it became, I'm sure you were familiar with this, probably more so than myself, Dustin, eventually the TNA championship. When TNA first launched, it was the NWA championship. uh, first world champion was Ken Shamrock, and it was the NWA championship that he held. And then eventually TNA broke it off the way WCW did, and they made their own TNA championship. Yeah. And the and now the NWA is NWA Power, and it's over there. But this is the championship that goes back further than any of us. And uh, yeah, oh, yeah, Ric Flair is apparently going to be on the August 29th show, NWA 73. Yeah, that's only five days away. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be at the Chase. So if you're interested, there you go. In a bit of other unusual Ric Flair news... Oh, or lack thereof, just for, just for the humor. Am I even allowed to go there? I guess I am, right? There's nothing explicitly shown. Right. So people thought that this was Ric Flair. Oh, wow. <laughs> on a train. And everyone went nuts. I received this. This was in my gilded. People were like, man, Ric Flair's really wilding now now that he left WWE. <laughs> right. And I'm like looking at it like, are you shitting me right now? I'm Just to describe to you guys on social media what it appears to be, which I'm not going to confirm whether it is or not. But there's nothing shown explicit, so we're allowed to show. But it appears to be someone with 
blonde hair, blonde thinning hair in between the legs, the, the, the spread and recoiled legs of a, of a female. And uh, everyone thought this was Ric Flair from the back getting, taking somebody to Space Mountain. Woo! Oldest ride, longest Yeah, right? I mean, that's funny, though. I, 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 I hope one day to be as old as Ric Flair and people accuse me of that kind of shit. Right. You know? I saw some people sharing that around saying, how does it feel to know that Ric Flair at 73 is still getting more pussy than most of you? <laughs> and then that's fucked up. Silent. So Ric Flair shared this along with the caption <laughs> this picture is as real as the other one floating around the nature boy doesn't ride trains woo, woo. <laughs> so now you got two fake pictures rick flair did not that's hilarious though i thought that was the funniest thing wrestling fans are so funny man they thought they found rick flair and they said because it looked like the same shirt he was wearing during the uh, the triple mania like he don't change shirts like damn and even if it was rick flair so what nothing's terrible about that and he's Ric Flair. He's Ric fucking Flair, exactly. All right. Well, Ric Flair, NWA, and then probably AEW bound. We're hearing this very likely. He's also AEW bound. So, you know, he's just stopping off in the NWA. Now, Baron Corbin. I know Willie wanted me to get these. I haven't seen him yet, but he pointed out. He was like, make sure I think it was Willie <laughs> mentioned. But Baron Corbin apparently has had more videos of when he was in Vegas. So I guess we're just going to watch and find out what happens. Luck must be on my side today. I took my $35 and I turned it into a hundred. I'm very myself a new meal. Probably a new shirt too. What the fuck? Was that the whole thing? Oh man. There's another one. I have another one here. How, how bizarre That's is that? Amazing. Let me get the next one up. I don't know how many there were. I only came across a couple though. I hopefully I didn't miss any. If I did, one of you guys are going to have to link me. I just came across what, uh, what's happening. Finally, I had a good meal. I'm going to get a new shirt. Last night, luck was on my side. I took $100 and I turned it into $1,300 on video poker. Then I went to the craps table and roll after roll after roll after roll. I couldn't lose. Guess what? I'm still going, baby. I'm on fire. Woo! <laughs> did he? Uh, did, did did anything else happen? Did anyone know that did, did, did he? His luck ever run out? Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for the clip where his luck runs out all in the same shot. You know what, man? Fuck it. I'm gonna just go. This is all on his Twitter. It's not even like on a thing. I'm gonna go to his Twitter right now. I'm just curious. Like, what's happening there? All right. I'm there. Let's see. I looked at the name of it. If the king is dead. Can I bring this up on the on the thing? I don't see why not. Let me see if I could uh if I could screen share this for you guys. Give me a minute here. Cause we can look together. We have the technology. Oh, it should be fun. Yeah, just bear with me a minute here. It's gonna take time, people. Be patient. <laughs> yeah, no, I just had to switch the way everything was set for that to work. Nice. Okay, we're here now. Let's transition that over. You guys can look. A feast for a king. Enjoy Moist TV, Logan Paul. I'm going to enjoy this 42-day age. Uh, what is that? Ribeye and the luck that's coming this way. Oh, he does have more of these. Oh, I think Lord. this is the one we saw, though, right? Let me see if this is the one we saw. Finally. Yeah. So there was one more after this. Let's look at this one here. <laughs> Ooh, got myself a new shirt. 
and I'm checking into my new room. Check it out. Baron Corbin for the presidential suite. Welcome, sir. I love uh -huh. Vegas. <laughs> okay. And then he's having a dinner. Who, who are the girls with him? That's a good question. Is this going to lead to a story where he loses all the money again by the time SmackDown comes on? I've, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, Corbin. <laughs> Stacey said they robbed him. Oh, my God. Yeah, Corbin is something else, man. Well, at least he's happy for the moment, right? Maybe become gambling, Corbin. Oh, God, dear. Oh, no, Jesus. Yeah, no, don't do that. Did I put the second link in there? Corbin can't be stopped? Yep. Okay, I don't have the third one on me since I just pulled it from there. I'll drop it on there later. You know, well, there you guys go. There's the links for anybody on the podcast. Um, I guess final bit of news, not even really wrestling related before we just do a quick run of the weekly because there's not really many weeklies left. Um, apparently, Jake Paul was doing some boxing training. The Showtime uploaded and he looked like shit doing it. What else is new? So, yeah, the weekly. Any one of those can change the fight. Very good. Hush. Good. Hush. Ten more seconds. Let's go back and look. Any one of those can change the fight. Very good. Hush. Good. Hush. Ten more seconds. Hush. He he telegraphs a lot. Hush. Good. Hush. Nice. And he he turns his he turns his whole hip with the punch. Four. Hush. Hush. Two. He charges one. back like a Time. fighting game character. Any one of those can change. Yeah, those are bad. Those are really bad. Those are bad punches, Jake. Woodley, I dare you lose that fucking fight. So some of the comments that I see here. Are things like look at the difference in the two boxes. The pro is tight and efficient, whilst the pretender telegraphs punches and almost breaks his own leg. Atrocious footwork, and he's got Canelo in his sights. LOL. I see someone says, "Look at the absolute state of his technique, man. If he beats anyone, it's due to money and payoffs. If Woodley takes a dive, the shame will follow him for the rest of his life. There is no way Jake Paul is winning shit without his opponent taking a dive." Hashtag Disney don't box. And someone else put Jake. Jake still has no clue how to box. You know, I'm gonna keep this running without the audio in the background. So you guys could take a look while, while we're doing this. I think this is amazing here. Oh Jake still has no clue how to box. His right hand is atrocious. Hands down, doesn't bring his guard back up. It's slow and telegraph. As soon as he fights a boxer, he's done. Even an amateur boxer would, would mail him. Years training boxing every day, and he still can't hold his hands up. Better work on keeping that hand up, Jake, because when you fight someone who knows how to fight and counter a night-night, yeah, this guy is a joke. <sighs> and this is the guy who they're talking about. God. Oh, wow. I know, right? Tragic. But while we're talking about people failing at boxing here, did you hear about Manny Pacquiao? I heard the last time we talked about him, but I haven't heard since. So last time we spoke about Manny Pacquiao, I don't even remember the name of the guys because, you know, it's never really, they're never really that popular. But, uh, Okay, he was supposed to fight Errol Spence Jr., right? But uh, that didn't happen because uh, he suffered a torn retina in his left eye. So they put in a replacement named Jordanis Ugas. That guy wound up going all 12 rounds against Pacquiao and beat him. So the state of boxing for you. Yep. Very, well, very hey, rarely. So at least Pacquiao didn't find a ball roller. Very rarely. I don't know how often I've seen an MMA where like somebody is replaced at the last man and the replacement goes over like that, right? It very, very rarely happens. That's pretty sad. So then they asked Pacquiao and uh, he said, I don't know if I'll fight again. Let me relax and think about it. 
um, because the final announcement is in October for presidency and I want to help my people. And he said, in the future, you might not see Manny Pacquiao fight in the ring again. I don't know. Okay, well, it might be for the best. Boxing, the state of boxing, and apparently the state of him is all a fucking disappointment right now. Like, yeah, he's a legend, but he's an older legend right now. He's not, he's not doing his due diligence over here. All right, well, believe it or not, that was my whole program, aside from having to cover the weeklies. That's th- what I decided to cover. Yeah. We have a we quick... Could, we can mm-hmm. fly through those. So. We can, we really can. I don't think I want to do the impact emergence tonight. Nah, we can save that one for another time. It wasn't really that that big of a day anyway. SmackDown did an overnight average of 2.237 million viewers with a 0.55 in the 18 to 49 demographic, of course. You know, they are actually a little bit down, though, because the week before they did 2.498 million viewers. Yeah, and they a little bit of a drop. Them. Yeah, a little bit of a drop. That's about all with SmackDown. We already covered it on the on the SummerSlam post show. If you don't know about it, you can go and check that out. Um, NXT NXT last night too. So. NXT was knocked out during the uh, the Takeover post show. So the only thing that we really need to do is just follow that up a little bit with Johnny Gargano and a backstage thing that happened. Candice, Johnny, yeah. what are your thoughts on Indy proposing to Dexter tonight? You know our, you know you know our, our thoughts. thoughts. I bet you're over the moon. You can't wait. You're like, oh, I'm going to get dressed up. I'm going to do my lipstick. I'm going to do my makeup. I can't wait to go to this big, pretty way. I bet she knew. She probably knew you know this was going to happen. I, I you know about I you didn't know cahoots? anything. You in cahoots, Mackenzie? I bet you are. Wait a minute. So I'm the essentially the father of the bride. So father of the bride is supposed to pay for this thing? I'm not paying for this thing. I'm not paying for this wedding. Are you kidding me? And my good friend, Jean-Paul the waiter, told me that Dexter is a cheapskate. Didn't tip him a thing. So how is he going to pay for this wedding? Where's his money coming from? Rain from the sky? You going to pay for the wedding, Mackenzie? I'm not. I'm not going to pay for the wedding. You should. You're so happy about it. So, ooh, wedding. Yeah, great. Yeah. (laughs) Is that your answer? Did that answer your question? How happy we are over this? Not very happy, Mackenzie. Kind of sprung on us. Again, where's protocol at? Protocol. How come I did not get asked? You're supposed to ask me for permission to. I mean, Indy kind of did it, though, so I mean, that kind of throws a wrench in things. But maybe Indy should have asked me. I don't really know how this works. She hasn't asked us for anything, right? She doesn't doesn't ask us anything. No one can appreciate a rebel heart like I can. I appreciate rebel hearts. I do. I do, but this circumstance, this situation is not good. That it is. (laughs) This is absolutely nuts. Rebel Heart. I used to like that song, that Babyface song. Thank you guys for your time. You're you're still not good at your job. But oh, bury her too. Thing, I guess Ooh. maybe. If you're invited, yeah, if you, might invited. Not, yeah. you may not be invited. Executive not decision, invited. not invited to the thing. Sorry. Bye. See you there. No, you won't. No. Won't see us then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This brings us to AW Dynamite, episode ninety-nine. Hard to believe we've done ninety-nine of these, right? We covered all of them. That's insane. Um, you know, I should bring a dynamite. Uh, I should have a dynamite on the screen to just go over some stuff. Sorry. Just have to get my shit correct here. Okay. Uh, Moxley getting taken out by the 2.0 guys. What the hell? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I thought I was a little disappointed about that. Don't make them look that small. Wait, oh my. What the hell? Who is that? That's 2.0. And Daniel Garcia just took out the leg of John Moxley with a, a lead pipe or some sort of pipe. And well, I love how they brag later back. on backstage. They were like, oh, we Tanya Harding your ass. Like, really? But your guys. 
kill your guys me. and that's such an outdated reference like what what because of the movie you know or i guess because of the movie recently the harding or the series or whatever yeah. more you know, people still, know about it now than they would have yeah. before yeah i guess so then you had darby with the ambush here And he just laid out Daniel Garcia. Now the icon takes down 2.0. Yeah, you want a cheap shot. Darby can cheap shot with the best of them. Look at this. Look at Stinger that Stinger splash. Didn't think you'd be watching this kind of stuff on TNT yeah. nowadays. Right? But yeah, very cool stuff here. They do the whole Stinger brawl through. The, so good for his age. Yeah, they do the whole brawl through the crowd gimmick thing. Um, I did like the double team backdrop on Darby on his skateboard, though. That would look really good. Let me see if I could jump us over there. Using a skateboard, if that's what they're going to do to accomplish their acts. You know, I don't know it was years ago, but Sting is favoring that. Let's take oh, a look no. at this one. Oh, gosh. Yeah, ouch, ouch. That did not look fun. And then Sting actually gets powerbombed through a table, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And he knows sells it at his age. Look at this. God. Oh, no, oh, oh, my God. The power bomb through the table by two. Oh, my God. Oh, Sting's back up. Sting's back up. Oh, my God. That's the old stinger that many of us remember. Yes, we do. Drop kick by Darby. Scorpion death drop. Come on, baby. Double scorpion death drop. The stinger drop 2.0. Man, the emotion here in Houston at the Fertitta Center is amazing. And then he does a double scorpion death lock. Up. Sting! <laughs> Grabbing post sets of legs! He's gonna step through! Looking for a scorpion death lock, He's a look- double dip. A double. Wait, this has never been done before, I don't think. Natalia. I've never seen it. I've Natalia. never heard of it. Natalia. Oh, he sets back. Still looks good, though. I like that he sat down with his. Yeah, gave him the brutal one. Really, really brutal. Sammy Guevara proposes to his girlfriend on Dynamite, right? Yeah, right before the show started. Yeah, they go back into that and they re-show that, which I thought was very cool. But it happened here in his hometown, in the ring, and I happen to be here for it. Pam, I've often wondered on this journey, what would I do without you? And I want to make sure I never have to find that out. Pam Nizio, will you marry me? Yeah. He, this guy, Sean Spears, was this a jab at his wife? Listen to what he says here. She said yes. Oh, making God. memories. Slim Pickens in Houston, huh? Savage, right? Sir. <laughs> Savage. Holy shit. This is before their match. Sean Spears will be in company by Tully Blanchard against Sammy Guevara. And uh this was this was nice, man. This was a really good match, actually. There were a lot yeah, of cool highlights. Really good. Yeah, there were a lot of cool spots and stuff here. We're gonna go just to a few of them real quick. Houston. And Sammy Guevara! There was Guevara's wild ass dive there. There is a Hold on, I'll, I'll get you to the next thing. 
hard to talk and move this all at the same time. This was cool here. The spike pile driver, Sean Spears and Tully. Who's been so instrumental in his career and his life. Oh, wait. Tully. Oh, oh. oh. come on. Tully Blanchard with a stuffed pile driver outside of the ring. I also like this avalanche cutter over here. He's like, oh, yeah, you're going to tell me fuck me? Fuck you. Oh. Off the top. What a huge cutter. I the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there was a speaking of Avalanche after that, there was a Death Valley driver, Avalanche Death Valley driver coming up. Oh, I'm Super becoming DVD. Mm hmm. Right there. Oh, their adversaries are not going to do that. Look at this. Sean Spears with Guevara up. Avalanche. <laughs> I like how you sold it afterwards <laughs> with a recoil. You know, Spears winds up going through a bridged barricade, which looks really brutal. Oh, that looked like a party. Mm hmm. What a shot. What a shot by Sammy. And now look out. Spears. That's rough. It bit the spine, one would assume. Yeah, that was brutal also. This is a good false finish here, I got to say. If they meant for it to be a false finish, they did a good job here. But the 630, which you would have thought would have been the end of it, is not. Not quite. A high-risk machine. 630 on. Guevara, one, two, no! Are you kidding? Craziness. Yeah, this match was wild. Mm-hmm. And then the nasty knee strikes also. If I could get these here. Sammy Guevara right now. Uh, this can't, he cannot let this take him out of his game. He was building momentum. He's still got some momentum, Sammy. Don't talk yourself out of this thing. But this veteran, Sean Spears, I guarantee has got one more trick of his sleeve. Guevara with intensity all over. Oh, my. Wow. That's stiff, hard knee shot. Two consecutive knee strikes without the knee pad in place. A third. Right in the ear hole. Oh, wait. Let's bring it back for the big spot at the end and of that Guevara, he, he hoists Spears up. Oh, is this it? He's busted oh, open, too. Do you notice that? I didn't notice that last time. Yeah, I didn't catch that. I wonder how I didn't see that before. Shot. Go back to it. Two consecutive knee strikes without the knee pad in place. A third. Right in the ear hole. And Guevara. He, he hoists Spears up. Yeah, I don't know where that blood's coming from. It's weird. It's, it, it almost it felt like it just like came from nowhere. Oh, is this it? Oh, the GTH. The GTH by Guevara. He said this is over. One. I think he was right. Yeah, I wonder what, what caused that, right? Yeah. Could have been some kind of like maybe accidental contact or something. Mm-hmm. But then after that, and I hate to say it, but then it, it sort of, they start making AEW decisions again. Because Dan Lambert's again, like the guy that only Dustin gives a fuck about when he comes around. <laughs> The America's Top Team guy. And again, again, they had Junior Dos Santos and Andre Arlovsky. I'm not saying that Dan Lambert can't talk. But how come, again, he did that shit to me? He had Amanda Nunes last time. Can we let the fucking MMA guys have a presence in this since that's cool? You know, like, it was a terrible segment. I don't know who this segment was for. Christ, free speech and open debate and turned into one in which the rich and powerful can just silence their critics. But that is exactly where we are right now. AEW has 
has jumped aboard the cancel culture train that you soft-ass millennials love to ride every time you get triggered, and they sent Lance Archer out to punch a 52-year-old man in the face and shut him up because he was hurting your feelings on national television. Dan Lambert bringing Andre Arlovsky and Junior but Dos Santos as backup. Words that they are, they did so knowing that UFC contracts don't allow my fighters inside a professional wrestling ring. Slick move, Tony. But fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. One phone call to my good friend Dana White fixed that problem. And I now stand before you with former UFC anyway, moving Dungeons along. and Dragons. And look it up some really creepy shit on the dark web. See that again? W has a roster full of loudmouth wannabe it? tough guys who couldn't wrestle their way out of a wet paper bag if their lives depended on it. And you idiots! Come on, let's address the elephant in the room here for a second, shall we? I'm not talking about you ladies. Shut your fat mouth! You may show up! Anyway, gosh, we'll see what I mean. And then Ethan Page and uh, Scorpio Sky of all Scorpio people. Scorpio Sky from behind and all ego Ethan Page. What the hell? Is this another setup? They're beating up Lance Archer, who was coming out there to, to, to beat up, I guess, uh, Dan Lambert. So Dan Lambert is in cahoots with Ethan Page, is Scorpio Sky. I don't know what the fuck is going on. This didn't do anything. Nothing good came of this. Sorry. Yeah. Can't, can't win them all. This was the people. Yeah. Don't know, don't know what the point of that was. I just told you the pee break. Yeah. AW World Tag Team title match, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson being accompanied by the rest of the elite, Brandon Cutler, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, and Naka, Naka Nakazawa defending their titles against Jurassic Express's Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus being accompanied by Marco Stunt. This was absolutely crazy. Um, the finish to this was the Luchasaurus uh, moonsault. Uh, it was, he, he misses a moonsault, I believe, and he gets hit with the BT yeah. trigger. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's just run some highlights while we're here. That's, um, that's, that's, gonna, that's gonna suck to be that big and miss a moonsault. Yeah, let's run some highlights while we're here. This Hurricane Rana that we're about to bring up. Oh, oh they're looking. Oh, look at this. The young Bucks looking to put an end to it. Oh, fifteen percent there by the Young Bucks, and now Jungle Boy leaps over the horse. Oh, run over the ropes. <laughs> Great selling there. I don't think I've ever seen that spot hit more beautifully. This crazy suplex from Jungle Boy off of Luchasaurus's back as well. I think I might have seen him do this once before. What is this? Oh my god! Oh my god! On his side! Yeah, that was a rough landing there. Uh, Then there was a super kick party with the double stomp indie taker. Trying to give description for you guys that are on podcast while giving visuals to you guys in order. This is a mistake. (laughs) They had momentum and they've now lost it. Jurassic Express, they were looking for that powerbomb combination. But instead, the combination super kicks by the Young Bucks. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That wiped him out. Good night, nurse. Oh, boy, JR. Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus down in the corner. Let's call this now. Nick Jackson up on the top. The assistant indie taker. The cover. One. Very creative shit there. Yeah, but you see what I mean? How things like that don't finish matches at this company. But anyway, long story short, you get some Omega interference in this. Oh, you woke up for that, did you? Oh, and 
Look at this. Oh, it's Kenny Omega. It's the world champion. <laughs> Kenny Omega. Look at this. There's, look, they're all up on the apron. Well, what the, the hell? The last time we saw the Elite pass a chair, that was Friday night at Rampage. It backfired. It cost Kenny Omega the Impact Championship. You can't have that brute Marco stunt coming out and interfering in a match. There's the man. Oh, Christian with his weak spear. Stop scaring the people. Kenny, the man that will face Kenny at All Out Sunday, September 5th on pay-per-view. What a cheater this guy is. They had one of those great Jungle Boy, look at the suplex he gives here, though. This crazy chair suplex. Chair. And look at the good brothers <laughs> and Brandon nice. Cutler. Oh, my God. He the took more of it the than chair. the other guy did. History repeats itself. And Matt did. moment within one second we have that interruption matt jackson was not oh. kicking out of that one man that's that uh, yeah we'll jump a little bit ahead here to the finish where they take out luchasaurus let's see exactly where that is right around here right mm-hmm but then comes the finish but look at the ring. Matt, Matt Jack- Jackson's ready to finish it. He's Matt Jackson in trouble. Big backslide. One, two, no. Nick rolls through. Oh, Here comes no. Bam. So the Jungle Boy takes it. And that is it for them. Man, that doesn't do it. Oh. That does it. And then after that, you get Christian who comes out because the heels are picking the bones. And then he winds up getting his ass kicked. Oh, Kenny Omega thinking one wing at Angel. He's no. got. No, no. Come on. A helpless impact champion. <laughs> and then Don Callis counts. Don Callis getting on the act. Once again. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to whoever this was that put this sign up. You don't see things like this very often. Let me bring it up on the screen for you. With Daniel Garcia in the main event. If you look over to the right. Someone has up a sign that says Kefka's greater than Sephiroth. Kefka's the main villain of Final Fantasy VI, and Kefka's the Yo, main villain of Final Fantasy VII. I swear to God, one thing I've been seeing is apparently these like gamer signs have just been running rampant now. Yeah, and I'll, I'll take a moment and segue and say, yes, Kefka's far worse than Sephiroth ever could be. Sephiroth was intimidating. He had a big sword and a lot of powers and shit. If you go back and play Final Fantasy VI, which I believe was just re-released on mobile, Kefka did shit like poison the water. Like he went to like this kingdom and he went and he put some shit in the water. And like when you get there, um, one of the party members that becomes your party member, he gets to his house just in time to watch his wife and child like die. Like they fall out of bed collapsing and convulsing and shit from the water. 16 big graphics are not as vulgar, as, uh, not as graphic as it could be, but the, the idea of that. And then he ends the planet. There's a point like he succeeds in ending the world. Like you wake up in a post-apocalyptic world. If you ever own the game, it came with a map in the box that would unfold. And uh, when you flip the macro map over, you need to because the back of it is the destroyed world that you wake up in after this villain destroys it. This post-apocalyptic, it becomes like a Mad Max-esque shit world for the second half of the game. That's a bad guy. <laughs> Not just a fucking sword. Does really bad shit throughout the game. Really dislikable person. Doesn't look cool but either, so you don't wish... you don't. Eric. Yeah, you don't. He doesn't look cool either, so you don't want to cosplay as him. He dresses he almost like a Rollins with his flamboyant colors and his ridiculous attitude. Like, it's nothing cool about him. You know, horrible guy. Worst villain. Shout out to that guy. You know you're bad guys. Maybe one day we'll do a retro stream and stream that game. It's just so long. Oh, so long. Anyway, singles match. Thunder Rose against Penelope Ford. Finish being, uh, she taps out Penelope. The only thing that was notable here was Penelope with the nasty cutter. Um, bring that up really quick. 
George is going to be so pissed when you and lick Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa very feet. similar in levels of experience. Oh, cover I mean, Thunder, we, we know her stuff, you know what I mean? I'm not going to run all over Thunder Rosa shit, you know? It's, it's, it's nothing new. In, in pro wrestling, two months apart. But Thunder Rosa, she is, she's gone out of the, the pro wrestling ring. She stepped into the MMA cage. She has competed in a lot of different styles of combat. Hand-to-hand -hand style. She's very accomplished. And Penelope is doing really good. I watched Kip playing on Twitch. I watched him playing Call of Duty the other day. Really, really good player. Look at that nice dragon sleeper, too. She is slowing the pace down. Another version of a dragon sleeper applied on Thunder Rosa. Yeah, good, good looking stuff overall. Anyway, let's get to the nitty gritty because we do got to get a fifth labor of Jericho match. Christian versus M. I mean, I'm sorry, Chris Jericho versus MJF. Jericho cannot use his Judas entrance and cannot use his Judas effect finisher. And the finish to this is Jericho goes for the Judas effect and he hesitates and he winds up eating a Judas effect from MJF, a followed by Assault of the Earth, which I thought was really horrible way to end that. I don't know how I would have ended it, but I mean, Jericho winning all the matches wouldn't make that much sense either, but damn. So... I like and she's, that, uh, she's disarmed MJF. She's taken the ring. She's given it to security and ringside. He hits Floyd. Floyd. Hits him with Floyd first. Goes for and Judas. Hesitates. Well, Jericho's going to go for the Judas effect, but yeah, he can't. He can't, can't, can't do it. it. Oh, but MJF, it's a Judas effect. MJF scores the Judas effect. And then salt of the earth. looking for a submission. What adding the? insult to injury. Trying to break Jericho's arm. The salt of the earth locked in center of the ring. It's for all the marbles here. One fall to finish. Jericho trying to counter. He rolls him out. He counters it there. But then he rolls it back into the salt of the earth and that's it. Was that Jericho's last great shot? Oh, and MJF, you can see he flattened Jericho out. Even more pressure put on the arm and on the shoulder. That's it. They really let him hang on for an unrealistically long amount of time in that kind of a move, you know? So he taps there. This was horrible. Couple of things first. Let's just jump back right here. And she's she's disarmed MJF. She's taken the ring. She's given it. He hits him with Floyd, right? Throws the bat away. Floyd found its mark. Jericho is a veteran, former champion, former world champion across multiple companies, right? You're telling me that he hit somebody with Floyd and the person's hunched over and he didn't run in to hit a code breaker? You know what I mean? Are you fucking kidding me? That's just so, that was just poorly done. He's like perfect for the code breaker. This is over. Garbage. He's not even in position for a Judas effect. He's in position for a code breaker. I don't know. Anyway. Well, why go for the move that's not considered your finisher anymore? Because. You've seen him hit code breakers. People kick out of the code breaker now. Why go for the move that's not considered your finisher anymore? Because you can't hit your finisher. Anymore. It would have made more sense for him to go for the walls. Well, then go for the walls. You know, but he went for the Judas effect, you know? The move that I don't Let's like. See, the, one, the, the, the thing that makes it work is he forgets, oh, shit, I can't hit it. And then it opens up a spot for MJF. That would only work if he wasn't a veteran, though. You know, that's been Veterans using do the, that shit, too. Yeah, but he's been using the walls and the code breaker way longer than the Judas effect. The Judas effect has been around so, so infrequently that during this match, I forgot that was the finisher that he couldn't use. It's not even it's like no one's going to remember the Judas effect in the long term of Jericho. He needs to get that shit out of there. But the, the, the worst thing here is just that if they're going to do that, just the ending, that last part where he hesitates, not very Chris Jericho, because if there's anything, when you slow down in, your, in the later parts of your ring life, you become more seasoned. That's like your ring awareness and shit like that shouldn't be compromised to that point. But whatever, that, this, is, this is what they wanted to do. I'm sure they love it. So 
good for them as far as that. They did someone put some camera footage of Jericho afterwards. I guess he celebrated or Fozzie or whatever. Might be taking a little time off. He tweeted out, while the outcome wasn't what I wanted, last night's Dynamite was one of the best moments of my career. Thank you, Houston. The acapella version of Fozzie of, of Fozzie's Judas was insane. Great story about this to tell someday. As for today, I have some serious soul searching to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, guess we'll see Jericho down the road. Yeah. AEW Dynamite brought 975,000 Viewers, 25,000 short of a million with a 0.35 in the 18 to 49 demographic. The previous week brought 11, uh, August 11th episode brought 979,000, so they're actually down by 4,000 this week. 454,000 of the viewers were in 18 to 49 demographic, giving them the same 0.35 rating both weeks in a row. And uh, I would like to talk about Rampage a little, but there's not that much time. We got we to talk about Raw and get out of here. I will say that uh, Jade Cargo squashes Kira Hogan. So that's and, then, and now watch this next week. Kira Hogan's gonna say somebody stole her squash method. Oh God! Is that her thing? Like everybody steals you from her? You know, nobody knew who the fuck she was before him. Yeah, I'm, I don't know how well I'm gonna do with Raw here. I'll be, I'll try, but I'm, I'm gonna fail. I'm telling you ahead of time. Yeah, well, um, let's be real. We'll, we'll do good enough. So there was a Bobby Lashley, uh, MVP promo really with about Goldberg. Um, I'm going to just note that there was a gorilla, I believe. There was a gorilla head that somebody was holding behind Lashley that looked like Bobby Lashley drawn as a gorilla that Dunn was going through the trouble of trying to blur out. I think they eventually ejected that person that took the sign, but they had a gorilla drawn Lashley there. Just thought I'd point that out. Oh, it was a gorilla picture, I see. So it wasn't even a drawing or a picture of a gorilla when Lashley comes out. Ouch. Anyway, Damian Priest comes out because he thinks that uh, that Lashley was a bitch for the way he handled Goldberg after Goldberg was injured, even though I think Goldberg was a bitch for getting injured by Lashley. As MVP points out, he wasn't injured. He didn't get injured. Lashley injured him. I like that. Um, this basically leads to a brawl because uh, M- um, Lashley, I believe, decides to sucker punch uh, Priest when he accepts the challenge. And then since uh, Lashley's dressed up, he has to go back and change. So they redo the intro. You get Lashley's intro again. Lashley versus Priest finish being Seamus attacks Priest and then Drew McIntyre comes out to attack him uh, by the way during this Drew hits a belly to back suplex um, and almost fucking kills Lashley and almost kills him he lands him directly on his head and this is followed by the announce table bump that he takes he was supposed to give a clean belly to back to get him over there to set him up for the announce table he really fucks up there I hope he's alright Like he, he lands on his head and his leg hits the table yeah Tag team match, uh, Lashley and Sheamus against Priest and Drew with the finish being Sheamus abandoned to a Claymore. Serves him right to put himself in this angle that had nothing to do with him. 
All right, you lost your title. Go away. They have Eva Marie destroy Dewdrop. I don't even believe that's possible. Still waiting for her to get over, guys. She comes out and attacks her from behind and leaves her in a heap of dewdrop. And then she goes, bitch, as she's on the ground. I don't believe even Marie has the strength to do that to you. That was bad. There is no reason that that Piper should not have fucking obliterated that bitch. And then I love how she goes, you know, I like the name dewdrop. And I was like, yep, your push is dead. I actually read... Um, an interview from her where when she got the call up they told her they said your name is Dewdrop and she said she was like okay and she was like she's the kind of person that takes any opportunity and just rolls with it and doesn't care so don't do that shit maybe that's the kind of person that they need yeah fucking yeah they got they got enough yes man they don't need that shit yeah tell the ass no over once yeah so then after that Karrion Cross has a match I don't even remember who it's again but I believe he goes over right it was against Ricochet and he chose okay and he goes over Ricochet moving along no I'm kidding we cannot move along. He he did get new a new mask now apparently, which is different. So I was like, oh okay, lose your title, get a mask in exchange. Cool. Look at this ridiculous thing. See, I care less because now he's not the NXT champion. Like before, it bothered me only because it was disrespectful to the title. But I was like, okay, he's not champion anymore. Cool. Here's my deal. I never thought he was that good and i never thought he looked that good i thought his presentation with scarlet looks good he looks like a regular guy and if you were to remove all of the big guys from nxt he's still not the biggest guy you know like didn't he have a feud with damian priest at one point or actually with donovan dijak right and then he was like nose to nose i'm like yo bro this guy's smaller than him he's smaller than priest he's smaller than everybody he's not that good he's like looking. a little bit above average when it comes to big guys but that's it the dominant monster that they want him to be, I don't know why they got that image of him. Because when I see him, I don't see that. And I think Vince it's saw that. It's because, it's because that's how TNA booked him. But he's not a dominant monster, unfortunately. And then Vince probably saw that and was like, what the fuck? Put, you we know put what him? it is? It's because he's bigger than everybody in TNA. Yeah, Vince saw him and probably said, can we do something? And Vince being the 80s guy, he just put him in a Viking thing or whatever that was. That He-Man suit he was wearing. Put him in a helmet because it wasn't just a helmet. He had on a fucking... He had a gladiator helmet and and thing and the the, the torso part. God. Anyway. He spent more time on this than this match lasted. Yeah. Corbin is out there and they get into something with Logan Paul who's part of Moist TV with The Miz. Stasis brought up a scary prediction where if they wanted to do it, they could do Logan Paul versus Baron Corbin because they could go back to Baron Corbin's Golden Glove background to put something together, which might be the direction they're going. I hope not. I don't know. If un- Unless he shoot knocks him out? No. Yeah. Miz has a match against Woods, and the biggest deal in this is that Woods dives and Miz catches him. I almost didn't even want to look at the screen when I saw it. Congratulations, Miz. This is a big milestone, my friend. You know? But the highlight of this, and I've been waiting, I have been waiting and waiting and crossing my fingers and waiting and waiting was Miz and Morrison. Oh, thank God. Finally split this jobber team up. Now let's go back to that blow again. happening right now your eyes are not deceiving you byron it's a beat down that's what's happening right now good keep going the greatest friendships of all time enough of that shit it's not a great friendship stop saying that painful of ways the miz has completely snapped 
he really wanted to kick his ass. There's a man who is sick of John. Now we got to deal with a freaking baby face Morrison. When you call yourself voice, you don't get to be The fans don't like it, but I'm glad that the old vicious Miz is back, right? Yeah, he's no longer. See, he's no longer Mike. Now he's the Miz again. That guy can be WWE champion. It's okay now. Unbelievable. Where the Miz been? We've been stuck with Mike for like a fucking year. Like, unbelievable. That is nuts. All right. Well, what was after this? Let me go back to my program here. We had. Uh... All right. I had to talk to you about this. The Reggie title defense. You know, what made those little random outside occurrences with the 24-7 title kind of funny? They didn't announce them like it was a fucking match highlight. There are some highlights here, though. I don't need to see him flipping all shit outside. You You need to see this, though. There's a reason for this. This is so priceless. So here's Reggie, right? I had to learn to be smart, agile, and quick on my feet to avoid every possible situation. Two, please. And that's helped me become 24-7 champion. And now, I can have all the ice cream I want. Gotcha! Oh, true. Oh, for me? For you. That's peanuts, your favorite. Much obliged, though. Guys, enjoy that. So much ice cream in wrestling this week, right? Hey, 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 you did Get back here, Red! He jumps on. I give him credit for this next part. Do you see when he did this? Holy shit. That to be something because that didn't sound like concrete he landed on. Oh my God! No, for some ice cream. No, you got okey go for some ice cream. No, you. No, you. You. Now, the highlight of this whole thing for me, and I shared this on social media. We were joking around in the chat room about this. If you look very carefully, some fat guy runs out to try to catch the ice cream truck in the background. <laughs> Watch. I, see that. I am so. Look at this. Watch Get carefully. It. Come on, Zala. I know. <laughs> you see him in the middle of the fucking street? You got oh my god. I shared that out and I said, somebody missed fr- free ice cream Friday. <laughs> you know, I saw that and I didn't understand why that was uh, like- Some fat guy got worked by the gimmick ice cream truck. It's still real to him. Oh, Reggie, you should have gone for ice cream on Friday night. This is WWE. That ice cream is not real. Yeah, you know, it's it's not. What was the other name of the ice cream? Really cool? It's not really cool. Not really cool. Charlotte gives a speech about not needing friends or family. Remind me what the fuck was the point? There was none. It was just another generic Charlotte promo. But then Bliss comes out and introduces her to Lily, so that's the next view. Right, right. She does come out and she introduces her and just says, we just wanted to meet you, and then they just give each other this look. Mansoor loses to gender, and then Ali goes back to being healed. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you, man? You know, you got to listen to me, so we got to see how that turns out. How do you uh, lose to gender? Nikki, Ash, and Rhea Ripley go up against Shayna Baszler. 
and uh, Nia Jax, and they actually go over. Um, Ripley Ripley get um hits the Riptide right on Baszler and goes over there. Uh, I guess the main event was Riddle against AJ Styles. That is correct. Yeah, Riddle hits the Bro Derek goes over. That was actual really solid match. They're putting Riddle on the map. I like that. And then Orton genuinely celebrates with him. Good stuff oh. overall. Definitely you know? has um I think Riddle's first time beating AJ I believe because they lost every time they fought each other before. Yeah. Well, it was definitely an experience, you know. Yeah. Oh, I have no complaints here as far as this goes. I mean, there are some things wrong with this role, but I'm saying they're on a better track, and they're not making taking as many chances probably because now they know that they can't afford to. You know, I give them credit for stealing the T-shirt and the ice cream all in the same week. You know. Oh, you ever said Telling you that would, I'm telling you that couldn't have been like real ice cream. That was probably like toned down glue. No, I'm fucking. Oh. We made our shit custom, motherfucker. <laughs> they raided a gas station or some kind of shit. Yeah, no, I don't know what the hell was going on with that, man. I was surprised to even see something like ice cream coming up in, uh, in this, you know? It was just like, really, you guys are doing... <laughs> that fat guy didn't get his ice cream. All the Chicago got theirs. That's why I said, here's a guy who missed free ice cream Friday, you know, with what he ran <laughs> out there. I shared that shit out like that. I'm sure they didn't appreciate that. Yeah, but that's the first thing I thought of was that somebody who didn't get the ice cream on Friday ran out there. I'm off of you, I bet. If he was in Chicago, he got that ice cream. Yeah, it's not as good as CM Punk's. It's probably like that thrift market mall ice cream. Yeah, Fucking right. Signed to hedgehog ones just taste like ass and hole. Ass and hole, not just not just asshole, but <laughs> ass and hole. I, I, I don't think you've ever heard me say that before. That's a That's like my new thing now. Ass and hole. Yeah, it, it definitely has some vulgarity to it. <laughs> It's got that spice to it. There might have been the wrong context to talk about spice, but uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, well, we have a couple of things. I'll let you give a thumbs up or a thumbs down to the ones that you want and the ones that you don't want. We got uh, Mansoor and Mustafa Lee backstage. Uh, thumbs down. Okay. Randy Orton and uh, Matt Riddle. Thumbs up. Okay. Let me get that off of their, their thing here and see what we got. Because Riddle marking out to Orton always makes me laugh. Just bear with us, folks, because I'm pulling these literally. They're not in our system. I'm going online for them since Raw just ended a little while ago. Not really a little while ago anymore, but you know what I mean. Miro provides an infinite... Fuck off. Miro, Miro is not in this company. Miro's the other company. He's in the company with CM Punk. Yeah. RK bro, congratulations and congratulations on a very successful reunion and becoming the Raw Tag Team Champions at SummerSlam this past Saturday. Talk me through the last couple days. Honestly, it's been awesome. I'm super stoked, super excited. It could have been better. We won the Tag Team Championships and then I beat AJ tonight and I know Randy's sorry about breaking the scooter. You know, it's, it's a shame, Riddle. I was so close to, you know, taking this thing out back and... Seeing how it works, taking it for a spin. I, it's broken now, so I, 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 I'm sorry it broke, man, but it was an awesome gift. Here, I'll give that to you, and uh, give me a ring during the week, see how you're doing. I'm sure you're sore from the match you just had with AJ, but uh, yeah, again, sorry about the scooter. I really was looking forward to, you know, but I'll see you later. Yeah. Don't worry, Randy, I'll fix it up. Some glue, some tape, it'll be bright as rain, bro. Randy's the coolest. I love when, when AJ was like, oh, he didn't get you a gift. He didn't get you a tree. Well, he said he didn't get you a... a, a he said some shit longer. He said a plant. He said he didn't get you a plant. That would have been the most obvious gift. 
what else did they put up? The only other ones up are uh, you got Nikki Ash and uh, Rhea Ripley. Okay. And you got Charlotte Flair. Um, No, actually, no, that's all. You have Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley. That's the main thing. I don't don't feel like tolerating fucking Nikki and her almost inspirational speeches and shit. Yeah, you've had enough. You've heard it here, folks. You know, know, as much as I love Rhea, I can't do it knowing that Nikki's there. Just no. I can't blame you there. Yeah, no. Definitely can't blame you. But this has been a very special week of wrestling, and I'd like to think this is one of my favorite, one of my more favorite of this year episodes. Of, this uh, was talk crazy much. when it comes to this week. You know, I kind of feel like this was definitely, um, I put a little bit more time into this one just because I knew we were going to want to really talk about what's happening, you know, which is totally worth it. Exactly. All right, guys, wrapping up here. Thank you all for your support. Thanks for this wonderful streak of uh, SummerSlam weekend. That being said, don't forget, we have all kinds of content coming up throughout the rest of the week. Not all of it wrestling related. I have a few surprise streams and some events coming up. And of course, every week, Monday, 1130 p.m. Eastern Standard Time following Monday Night Raw on twitch.tv slash talkbrunch as well as facebook.com slash talkbrunch you can watch us live talkbrunch live watch the video streams and if you don't want to do that and you just like the audio then of course you can listen to us on various podcasts and podcatcher apps across the planet including spotify iHeartRadio, apple podcasts TuneIn, stitcher google Podcasts, soundcloud and all other popular places that podcasts are found with that, I would like to thank everyone who joined us tonight, including Quest Thompson, Willie V2, Stasis Dreams, EB Gamer, Cabigon, Office Nike, Haas 00312, Long, Spartan Jesus 92, Bong Bar, Bloodluster, and everyone who's been lurking and hanging out through this entire thing. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 477, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin Soglow Frazier. We're out of here. And even more good news, Attack on Titan back in January. Shut it down. <laughs>